And hello, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. Um, and I'm one of your hosts, uh, Jason Simmons, sitting across from me, as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, last convened to talk about the movies and the Jason, shows. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. I was uh, going to say to be here, but we're in my apartment. So, <laughs> I mean, I am excited to be here, but just to talk about so many things that I watched that will <laughs> surprise you to no end. There's such an energy coming off of you right now. I'm so excited. I think it's because I'm in the muscle shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I cut off all the sleeves of my shirts. For the viewers at home or listeners at home, Jazz is just wearing muscle shirts now. That's what she's, she does. Listen, <laughs> it's a podcast recording in the gun show. <laughs> What can I say? This uh, podcast will now be called The Gun Show. Uh, <laughs> I'm very scared and very intimidated all the time right now. Um, yeah, I've uh, gone through some various bouts of illness and sickness. Oh, Jason. <laughs> and in that time, I watched a few things, but not as much as I uh, wish I did. I'm just generally weak and depressed, so I watch a lot of stuff no matter what. So let's talk about Let's do it. it. Let's get into those things that we did and saw. Yes. Um, I'll start off with something that recently, recently just came out. Um, Undone uh, on uh, Amazon Prime. Who's in it? Uh, Rosa Salazar, Bob Odenkirk, and uh, David Diggs. Um, Undone. It just premiered like last Friday. Okay. Um, It's really good. It's What's it about? weird. So uh, it's about a woman going through a uh, tough time in her life. Mm-hmm. Her sister's getting married. Um, She's suffering from uh, some early stages of depression, mm-hmm. and she's just hit a point in her life where she just is bored and tired of the same old, same old. She's in a good relationship with her boyfriend, but she just finds it all boring. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I have seen... It's just, yeah, popped up on my Amazon feed. It looked mm-hmm. interesting because it's like half animated-ish. Uh, it is animated. It's uh, in a style called rotoscoping. So Very they cool. film the actors acting mm-hmm. and then they animate over that. It looks really cool. Yeah. Very interesting. It is mind-bendy and reality-bendy and very trippy. Um, it's very enjoyable. Hmm. Um, it Essentially, it's all about a murder mystery. Is she, Rosa Salazar, in the um, Big Eyes uh, movie? Yes, Big Eyes, big action, uh, Alita, Battle Angel. Gotcha. And she was also in the, oh, oh, I'm almost there. It's, uh... The, not the Hunger Games, the Maze Runner. Maze She's Run. in the last movie. <laughs> it's clearly her most exciting acting credit. I feel like her and Aubrey Plaza like probably go out for a lot of the same roles. Oh, yeah, I can like, see that. There's a similar demeanor and look to them that's mm. just like, very pretty. They, they may be each other's greatest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Because, okay, cool. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It is a... Uh, it's a murder mystery. It's a murder mystery that delves into the nature of like thought and emotion and time. Oh boy! Uh, and the nature of those things. Oh god! Um, so basically, this this woman is like depressed and like in a rut in her life. Mm-hmm. She gets into a car accident and she sees her dead father, who was Barbara Odenkirk. I love it. And he kind of reaches out to her like, "Hey, kid, uh, need your help solving my murder." Oh. Um, oh yes, I did see a trailer for this. Okay. Yep. 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 And in the course of the show, like, it deals with, like, him teaching her how to unfold time with her mind. Cool. And it gets very trippy, very Doctor Strangey in its visuals. Mm -hmm. Um, They do very cool things because it is, in a sense, animated. Yeah. Uh, We we do weird scene transitions. Yeah, you can do more with it. That's cool. You do so much weird things. Uh, It reminds me a lot of uh, A Scanner Darkly. I never Um, saw it. 
it was a I forget if it's a Richard Linklater film, but the same animation style mm-hmm. in the same setting, Austin, Texas, oh, is okay. used. Um, I'm wondering if like the same animation team is behind it, mm. probably. Um, but it's from the Torante Company. Um, which oh is, yeah, they the, the same people behind BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. um, which I found out is it's owned by Michael Eisner. That's what he did after being ousted as like the, the Disney chairman. Nice. Yeah. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice bounce back, Mike. I guess so. Like you're a billionaire, man. Do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. And I'm only about six episodes in the, the mystery isn't solved yet. Mm. Um, is it half hour, hour episode? Half hour. I would say not even that, like maybe 25 minute episode, gotcha. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting. Hmm. If you like animation, if you like something that really just tests your mind, your ability to keep up with like a fast moving plot, mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely give this a look. It, it really for me it came out of nowhere and i am really liking it right now very cool how many episodes in the season i believe it's a 10 episode season um nice. on episode six right now um the plot is thickening cool um there's some really good and animation and like you know plot aside really good performances across the board i was just gonna ask how bob odenkirk is bob odenkirk's very good but i think like the strongest performances are coming from like rosa salazar mm-hmm. and uh her the person that plays her mom and her, the people that play her mom and sister mm-hmm. uh, i forget their names and i sadly didn't take notes on that but their family dynamic of these like three women like mm-hmm. who love each other but are also in co- in conflict with each other mm-hmm. is like really good nice and the fact that like you know their dad slash the mother's husband isn't there and how that affects their relationship and, like, what they tell each other, what they don't tell each other. Interesting. And, like, Rosa Salazar, her ability to, like, unfold time, she can see everyone's perspective on everything. That's really cool. So it gives her, like, more understanding of, like, well, this is why my mom was like that to me at this point in time. Gotcha. Like, this is why my sister felt this way about me, and this is what she... And her ability to, like, be able to, like, to experience a situation mm-hmm. several times from several different perspectives. How you wish you could do that in real life. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it gives her a better understanding of, like, well this is why they were shitty to me or this is why I was shitty to them. Mm-hmm. And just, it's it's good in that way. That's cool. That's the type of thing that might not, I feel like, be as interesting when you're a younger person. But mm-hmm. now that I'm in my 30s, I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> why <laughs> is this person this way? As family dynamics shift and stuff, mm-hmm. it becomes much more interesting. It It is. Hmm, very and cool. And seeing her get closure and all that is, like, pretty fun, too. Nice. Yeah. All right. I will definitely look into that. Mm-hmm. Um. I watched Late Night with Emma Thompson. I also watched Late Night. Let's talk about it, Jason. <laughs> First and foremost, Emma Thompson. Is there a haircut that she cannot pull off? Answer, no. <laughs> She's the woman of a thousand haircuts, it's and so she looks lady. amazing every it's time. so cool. Ugh. Like... <laughs> Her hair person deserves an award, because no matter what, she always looks beautiful. Ugh, and um, she wears some awesome suits yes, and outfits she does. throughout that movie. The fashion of this movie is really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I generally enjoyed it. I had very low expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I had high expectations, I think. Oh, I think because in my brain, I I know it's incorrect, but I categorized it instead of as a comedy, as a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I think because it came out at the same time as the other two word it's not late book smart no uh it's also had an l in it that was a rom-com who's in it i don't know ladies night Uh, i wish it was ladies night that sounds great lady smith it was um no 
It came out at around the same time. Oh, oh, oh. Charlie's so, there? Yes, that one. Okay. Um, so, long shot. Long shot. Okay. So, oh boy. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Someone's <laughs> punching their phone right now. Um, so, I think in my head, I just categorized them both as rom-coms, which is why I had such low expectations, because I typically don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I generally did like this movie. Um, I like that it kind of looks at feminism in all its glory and also some of the uh shortcomings of it mm-hmm. um i can't remember what it was i think when she was crying under her desk at one point and the her office mate tries to help her um he's like come on like blah blah, blah. and she's like well something about feminism he's like it has nothing to do with feminism i'm just like trying to help you <laughs> she's like oh yeah okay like it there there are also ways it can feminism like anything else is good bad and everything mm-hmm. um so i kind of like that because i think it generally is a very lovely feminist film mm-hmm. um but how did you how did you feel um i enjoyed it um and i guess like in that that sphere of the feminism, the fear, that sphere of like you know, and the conflicts therein. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea that she was at odds with her boss, and yes. her boss was at odds with her. If I would say this is like the devil wears Prada for comedy fans. Yeah. Like if you like the whole late night sphere and all that stuff, mm-hmm. this is like that template attached to this. Yeah. Um, Minnie Kaling was great in it. Totally. Um, Emma Thompson was great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they kind of don't cross paths necessarily until like maybe a half hour into the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even though she works for her, she's like a non-factor in in the, the running of the show. Right. Um, Minnie Killing working for Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. It's not until like, you know, she's asking everyone to be there very late and Minnie Killing's like, I need to do this, this benefit concert. I'm leaving. I don't care what happens to my yeah. job. Which sparks enough interest in Emma Thompson to be like, well, how important is this mm-hmm. thing if you are leaving right now? And sparks to her all this new renaissance in her career of just like oh shit i can just kind of say i can just be me Mm. as opposed to this cookie cutter idea of like what the world thinks that i am right um i thought that it did a lot it it was a fine movie i thought it did a couple of things very well Mm -hmm. i liked that it wasn't even though emma thompson was a boss lady who was kind of disconnected from things she wasn't 100 percent cold like she had a great relationship for the most part, with her husband. Yeah. And, like, they clearly... Um, Played by John Lithgow. Yes. Mm-hmm. They did love and respect each other. Um, and so you don't see her as 100% cold. Like, she does have a soft side, mm-hmm. and she cares about people. And um, Also, when Mindy Kaling walks into that writer's room of all men... Oh boy, did I feel that. Mm. I know how that feels and how you want to just make a good impression. And like you bring treats or whatever, but you're no matter what you do, you're just kind of either ignored or looked down upon. Like, oh, she, they, yep, they nailed that one because I've been there and it sucks. And it was like tough and weird for her because like this is her first time doing this job. Absolutely. You're new to everything. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that being like an entirely new world for her, and then like the pressure is just like, well, you're not like us. Mm. So in many, in more ways than one. Yeah. So it's like, uh, well, you know, we're, good luck trying yeah. to fit in here. Um, we're not going to purposely make it hard, but just by the culture of what this is, it's going to be. Yeah. We're not also not going to help you much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I liked that they did some subversion of, you know, some, or rather really just apply the tropes like across genders, Mm -hmm. like in a situation like not to spoil anything. Totally. Like of Emma Thompson and like, you know, someone that works for her. Yeah. And how that relationship then impacts the rest of the show and Mm -hmm. how people perceive her Mm -hmm. and her own relationship like with her husband. Yeah. And it's just like, well, hmm, like what happens when it is a woman in this plot instead of a man? Yeah. So I like that they they did that and reached for that. Yeah. And like I said, because I had a high expectation for this movie, I like, yeah, I cool. They did mm-hmm. that. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, holy crap. They did. like, no. Okay. That's that's what I expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of that twist, but uh, kind of spinning things around a bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I had hoped for and expected. Right. Um. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. It was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, it's there right now because it's a Prime movie. That's what I went for. Um, and it was. I, it feels as if they are not reaching for like you know an award or something like mm. that, but they definitely put like a lot of energy behind this. Yeah. They put like a lot of promotion behind it uh, on subways, on like television, mm-hmm. like late night shows and whatnot because it's a show about late night. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely felt like Amazon presenting this is like this is our big one this year like this is our oh really our flagship movie i could tell they were they were proud of it and they felt like it was a safe bet because a lot of people like mindy kaling Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of feminism going on right now Mm -hmm. so they're riding that wave a bit so it was just like it's decent quality and we know it'll be popular with the people who are generally tuning into Amazon Prime, so right. like we can we can hit this one, guys. Mm-hmm. And they did. I like to just point out that we're both getting old because we both have our own separate city MD pens. <laughs> for, for fuck's sake! Like, come on, man. <laughs> As we've both gone through some rickety times oh boy. in the last few months. Oh, God. Maybe we should go outside more instead of sitting on TV, growing, Ooh. sitting on our couch watching TV, growing weaker by the second. <laughs> they provide a lot of pens, <laughs> and maybe it took more than one. Okay. Oh, did I very much intentionally sign a receipt and then just put this in my bag? You betcha. And they expect it. They know what's up. All right, you're traveling you, for the visit. When you put eighteen pens in there, you know I'm gonna take one. This isn't under my insurance. I'm taking a pen. <laughs> all right, this one's for me. All right, this one's for all the ones of us out there. <laughs> With bad knees at 32. <laughs> so that's what I'm taking this for. Anyway, new girl. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I've been watching New Girl again. Mm. Um, in my illness, it is reminding me of simpler, better times in my life. Yes. Um, as I've said before, New Girl, it's a, it's a warm blanket in these cold times of my it's, life. You're, you're always good for at least a couple giggles. <laughs> Weirdly, despite Emma, like Zoe Deschanel is lovely, but it's the rest of the cast that's funniest. She's the weakest part of the show. It's she not her is, fault. Yeah. It's just the other characters. It's the are, character is just yeah. kind of meh. Like, the character isn't great, but the other characters are so off the wall and great yeah. and fun. Oh, God. Nick um, and Schmidt, man. They, Winston, my man, Winston. My Winston, goodness. Yes. Um, I feel like his material isn't as great, but it's it's weird because like they they didn't know what to do with him for like two. They seasons. clearly did not. And then it's like, oh, he's the weird one. I'm gonna make him the weird one, and oh, it, it worked out. I haven't seen it all, so I'm maybe I only I think I only watched a couple seasons. Oh, okay. So I might not have seen him when he was. They actually figured out what they wanted to do with him. They made a solid shift into like, okay, this guy is about pranks, bird shirts, weird cats, 
and oh. like being a cop. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely didn't get to that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, he goes on an, an arc. <laughs> like, because like even it's even represented in the show where it's like he doesn't know what job is right for him mm. because they don't know what's right for him like as writers so they're just he kind of like muddled along for a season and a half two seasons interesting and then it's like no no no, no. he's he's the wild card he's the charlie of the oh. show like the charlie day of yeah, the show. yeah it's like oh he, i'm with you buddy i'm need with to you make him that and it works and that really brings the show together oh, cool. in a positive way okay maybe we'll um, just skip ahead a couple seasons yeah no nothing wrong with that um it, i was watching it and just reminiscing i remember, remember the time where i lived with like people that you know just with, with the best friends and it just felt like yeah i remember those times those times are good i find jake johnson incredibly charming he is a charming goofball. Yeah. Like, um, they make him the grossest person in the world in that show. <laughs> and it is a lot of fun to see. Um, someone that's obviously intelligent is a guy that was like, you know, a second away from being a lawyer, but was just like, nah, no, <laughs> I'm sad that. about my girlfriend. Aww. And then I'm just going to let it all go. Um, yeah, it's, it is mental chicken soup <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah it is just like really easy and like good for you and just easily digestible and it's fine it is a very comforting i agree it's a very comforting show you know what you're getting mm-hmm. and it's always entertaining and like uh they lose they start with damon williams, Ju- damon williams jr they lose them they did a real switcheroo <laughs> and it's very confusing yeah like it's when he is there again it is to me the show at its peak it's like oh, it's firing he comes on, back. Oh yeah, he comes back. <laughs> um, it's firing on all cylinders because happy endings ended, oh, and it's like we yeah. got to get this guy back in the fold for real. So gotcha. they bring him back, and he's there for like you know another season, and oh, it's wow. a lot of fun. Nice. And to me, it was a show like at its peak. This is every character firing on all cylinders, having a lot of fun with each other. Nice. Yeah, new girl. I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> also, you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> also, I couldn't go anywhere. Kind of immobile. <laughs> um uh, i watched this uh i had flown to seattle to visit my brother and his girlfriend mm-hmm. so it's a long flight so i watched plenty of movies um i didn't particularly enjoy the selection so it kind of went random okay i think this was a korean movie i didn't actually look it up um it's called take point take point interesting yeah. um so <laughs> It's a team of these, uh, like, mercenary guys, because, of course. Okay, got the mercs. Um, yep. So they have to, it's present day. Mm-hmm. They have to get, there's a secret bunker under the DMZ where the North and South Korean leaders have been secretly meeting. Oh, interesting. And the North Korean general is going to defect. And so these mercenaries are hired by the U.S. to grab him. Mm-hmm. However, when they go down there, it's actually the North Korean president who's going to defect. Like, it's a bit of a switcheroo. And uh-huh. They don't know, really know what's happening. It's the American, this woman, um, oh, let me look up her name, um, who is, like, running the op, if you will. Um, this already sounds like a very fun video game. Oh, my God, Jason. <laughs> you're right. It, it was kind of like a video game. Oh, Jennifer Eel L. Um, I've seen her in other stuff. She was fun. Okay, I've seen that face. Um, she kind of looks like a Meryl Streep-esque. Yes. But like a younger Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main guy running this crew. The op. Yes. Is 
he goes by the code name Ahab. <laughs> a Korean guy going by Ahab? I, no one uses their real names, Jason, because right. it's secret. Okay, you're right. Secret. <laughs> um, and so he's a very handsome Korean man who I am deeply in love with. Okay. Um, he's got the cool guy haircut. Okay. Slick back. Yeah. Short like, on the sides. Yeah. Long on the top. Like John Hamm and Drive. That's a no baby driver. That's what I meant. John Hamm and Drive. That's a very di- wow. Well, I'm not thinking about that. That's, That's a, a very, very different, different movie. movie. Very good. Like that would go. Um. So. And the reason they're doing this. Uh, up on this very specific date is because the president the u.s president is trying it's like election night <laughs> they're really Jesus Christ, close really pulling it on here jason it's hilarious <laughs> um and they're if they are able to get this guy then it would drive up his numbers and he would win okay so so it's an american plot it's an american plot okay the chinese get involved so it's clearly not Holy a chinese shit. a chinese movie because they made sh- sure that china was like, the bad guy yeah, yeah kind okay. of so was america but uh, <laughs> a, a little bit um they kind of flip-flop around but um so when and so the team is from the the dialogue is the worst and i loved it is the language in korean or is it it's in english in english okay um it's got so the cast of the mercenaries who quickly get picked off or not yeah, yeah, kind of quickly. Uh, is just a bunch of random guys, including one man who did the worst Russian accent I've ever heard. Oh, it's beautiful. And like with the worst dialogue I've ever heard. Just exposition, exposition, exposition. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, and so they get to the North Korean president, but he, and of course they have monitors that they can tell if he's a lot like. Oh, of course. A heart monitor like attaches wrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the Americans are like tracking his health and shit like a video game. Mm-hmm. And so the Americans are like, if you don't get him out alive, we're going to pretend like this was just a random thing and we're going to bomb you and kill you. Jesus Christ. So they have to keep him alive. The only way that Ahab can keep him alive is by this, like, he has, it's very cool. It's also very video gamey. He has this little, like, joyed ball thing that has a camera, so he can just kind of zip around. Oh, like he a controls BB-8 it, almost? Basically, that he controls. Uh-huh. And so... And then there's this North Korean doctor who is kind of in the bunker. So he finds him and they video chat. <laughs> They're FaceTiming throughout the film. Is the doctor a lady? No, it's a man. Okay. It's a North Korean man helping out the South Korean guy keep keep alive a North American president. Um, North Korean president. Yes. Sorry. Okay. North Korean president for mm. America. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, so it's like, a, it's like a shooter type thing because uh-huh. you're trying to get and so they're like guys coming in from another team because they are going to kill ahab Jesus and his team Christ. it's just so much and it was but it was just like an action film and i gasped twice on the plane <laughs> audible gasps because i was just like oh but guys this, this documentary it's uh, <laughs> pretty intense <laughs> it was i was thoroughly entertained um and uh yeah and so at the end like i i'm assuming it's a korean movie because like it gets like almost the rock crazy where they have to like parachute out and shit (laughs) and then the doctor and ahab finally actually see each other in person because they hadn't really um and um they're like pals (laughs) 
this movie <laughs> sounds like a suitcase about to burst. It is f- so full of it's things. It's just got hats on hats on hats. <laughs> it's just, it's everything, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. It's like, it's, everything is so high stakes. Let's dip the, the dynamite in nitroglycerin. And, and I didn't even explain it that well because there's in a flip-flopping with the Americans of as to whether they're going to kill him or not. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much. And what is this movie called again? Take Point. Take Point. I don't know if it's Take Point as in like a noun of like you're going. This is the this point. is the Take Point. Yeah, or like Take Point as in like an action of like you, you Take, take point. point. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I don't know what emphasis on the wrong syllable situation this is, oh, but it's God. one of them. And if you're on a take plane, point. Take, take point, point. <laughs> take, take point, take point. <laughs> so if you're on a plane and there's not much to watch, but this thing's on there, guess what? You got two hours of pure entertainment. If you've got a question, you better take point. It's kind of like a, um. It absolutely could have been like a Gerard Butler or... Oh, it sounds right for All right, all right, yeah. No disrespect, GB. All right, (laughs) I know you're listening. All right. Like Gerard Butler and devolves a little bit into like the kookiest of the rock stuff, Mm -hmm. but mostly Gerard. Okay. Like, it was great. (laughs) It was so great. (laughs) Jesus. take point slash take point Mm -hmm. on planes near you. (laughs) <laughs> go check it out straight to planes and no and straight to your hearts i was legit excited to tell you about this movie. <laughs> i was excited to hear about it because it sounds like three video games i've definitely played slammed oh, in one that's exactly what it is it's <laughs> exactly what it is and i'm actually okay with that um taking a small pivot uh mm-hmm. about some other dudes that do things mm. i watched good boys so um, did I. I forgot about it. <laughs> That's how much that I enjoyed it. Is accurate. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's not that memorable. I was disappointed. Like you see them swinging for the super bad fences, right? But and they do not. It falls it. short. Um, it, and when you already have like this year, like another great, like you know, wild night out kind of comedy, like uh, Booksmart. Booksmart. Yeah. Like this doesn't really hold up to that. It's not, not as smart all. as it. No. Um, it's it's too raunchy for kids. And the level of raunchiness that is applied to like these eleven-year-olds, mm-hmm. it's like uncomfortable and yeah. kind of gross sometimes, or it makes me as an adult feel uncomfortable. I agree. So it's like uh, I don't know how much I can be like behind them in this situation where they're trying to buy drugs off of like these college kids. One hundred percent. Which is one of the funniest scenes in the movie, but at the same time, it's like uh, I don't know how much I, I feel invested in this whole premise, really. Agreed. Like. There are points where, where where it is funny, but it just felt, I don't know, kind of weak. Like, uh, the kids are, you know, uh, Jacob Tremblay, Keith, uh, Keith Williams, and Brady Noon. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, these they're, they're child actors mm-hmm. are, like, 11, 12. They'll have tons of things down the pipeline for them in the future. But it just felt like, uh, I don't know, this is this is not that great of a movie no keith williams was a standout for me <laughs> he was so fucking funny and i love that kid so much he was on um L- the last man on earth oh no way but he was silent for like literally two seasons that no he was on that shit. show said no words only like you know acted it basically Aww. they're so missing out on a great voice so it's weird to hear him speak this and much he has such a me. high voice yes he does and he's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> i just loved him so much 
Like, definitely the, the most sensitive yes. of the three. Um, yeah, they definitely showed all the funniest parts uh, in the trailer, mm-hmm. which is why I had probably higher hopes than I should have for it. Um, and then was it was just, it was like, okay, but not... Yeah, I was disappointed. I and, and like I looked into it, like it's uh, done by a first-time director, uh, okay. James Stupnitsky, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, you mean he directed like maybe like an episode or two of The Office. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen that name before. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is your first feature, and I don't know, it just feels like you'll get a lot more from this one. The whole thing just felt surface, like it never really yeah. got into the nitty gritty of it. It was mm-hmm. just all like usually movies start off as surface and then they kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. It all it was just surfaced the whole time. Yeah, it was funny but definitely forgettable. Yes, like as I did. It's something that'll be on like HBO in yep. like, the next few months mm-hmm. and catch it there. Yeah. I think that's that's a fine yeah way to see it. Or just don't. You just don't. You don't have to. I mean, yeah. This is not Although one. Keith Williams is great. He's, <laughs> he's the standout of the movie, and he'll definitely have a lot more to do after this. You're gonna see him in comedies too, especially yeah. I'm sure as he gets older. He's Absolutely, great. he filled me with joy. <laughs> Um, uh, very different genre. Uh, I watched Mindhunter season two. It feels like everyone I've ever talked to about this show oh, was Jesus. not into Mindhunter season one. Nope. Everyone just felt disappointed. Like, I thought this was going to be like this, but it turned out to be something else entirely. Mm-hmm. How is season two? How do you feel about season two? So I was also someone who despised season one. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best parts of it were what people knew about were the... Basically, the interviews with the serial killers, particularly Ed Kemper in the first season, was mm-hmm. great. The actor was great. He was um, the actor who plays Ed Kemper was in the show with the the superhero kids who were in the house. Oh, uh, Umbrella Academy. Yes. Okay. He, the tall guy. Oh, that dude. Um, yeah, with Mary J. Blige. Yeah, yeah. He plays Ed Kemper. Okay. Um, and so I was just I was just curious enough. Um, to see season two because the first season, the reason why I hated it mostly was um, the main character, Jonathan Groff's character and like this relationship that he's in that's just the most infuriating thing in the planet. Mm-hmm. Both characters are super fucking annoying. And so, spoiler alert, they break up at the end of that season. So I was like, ooh, so maybe if he doesn't get back with this girl this season will be better because I liked the interviews and stuff. It's just that major plot line that I like this character's life is not important to this show. He's just such an awkward character. And like the way their relationship was written was shitty. Mm -hmm. Like they, you see them meet at this bar and then presumably they're there for a couple hours. And then as they're leaving together, he goes, so what's your name? Like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't know this girl's name for like three hours. Hmm. I hate you so much. <laughs> and like, you didn't get his name. Like, what's wrong with you guys? Well, they just enjoyed the conversation, the company so much. You know, yeah. such, it's hard to find people in this they world. Don't, so like, who, who begrudge them? None of them have any really interesting attributes. Mm-hmm. She was more of like a hippie and he's this G-man. I'm an FBI agent. Who's like, pants are too high and too tight. <laughs> Literally. And it makes me crazy. <laughs> And his pants are still high and too tight. Right on the nipples, please. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, a little bit higher. Uh, Just a little bit of chafe. (laughs) Right there. Um, They are. I think it must be intentional. Otherwise, the wardrobe person should be fired ten times over. Because his 
pants are too tight. They are too high. His shirt is also too tight. He just looks uncomfortable the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. And it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so it starts off kind of promising in that they mainly focus on um, the interviewing the serial killers because they're trying to like build up this... Um, a, a database profile kind basically, of? Basically, of just like how how they should go about actually like what questions they ask how they ask them the profiles of different serial killers mm-hmm. um and so that's how they start off with like the first four or five episodes mm-hmm. it's nine episodes um so that's interesting and i was like cool we're not into his relationships we're actually following another team member's relationship a little bit and getting deeper because they're like four main characters okay there's jonathan groff um his partner, who's like a mid to late 40s guy, mm-hmm. um, a psychiatrist that they work with. That's really the three. There's one other guy, but no one cares about him. Um, so they start following her relationships because she ends up being lesbian and the older man's relationship with his family because it's very tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a wife and a kid who I can't, I think he might, he's supposed to be autistic on the show. I'm not sure. Or just like, I apologize for my ignorance. You might just be very shy and like socially anxious. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there with him, um, but he's not connecting with his dad. And so we start following their personal lives more, which was very interesting. But then, so it seems to be following this pattern, and then it gets into the um, like the Atlanta child murders that took place. Okay, so in this season, is that the big focus? The Atlanta child murders, where they're like looking specifically at this. So that was the focus for half the season. It's as if someone wrote the first half of the season and another person wrote the second half of the season. I mean... If they could have focused on one or the other, great. I find both interesting. I was in it for the interviews with the serial killers, but okay, if we're just going to go with chasing down a serial killer and getting into that psychology, cool. Because it seems like... It it feels like the premise of the show should be one word in which we're looking at serial killers, people that mm-hmm. we've arrested, and like they've obviously had like a pattern of, of murders. And mm-hmm. we, yes, the goal of all of this is to compile a profile of right. what a serial killer is. And it feels like this is a 10-episode series, 10-episode season. Like The majority of that should be focusing on figuring out what is the actual profile. And maybe season two should have been actually like, okay, this is us putting it in play. This is what we think we have, and maybe this applies to like this person that we're looking That's at. That's what you would think. That is not what they did. Okay. And so you're just so as they get so the FBI agents travel down to Atlanta. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is still in the '60s, early '70s. Yes. Okay. Um, to help out with the investigation of these horrific murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they f- kind of go over to what's happening in Virginia with the serial killer. Um, profiles but then those slowly start to fade away a bit and you're more focused on the Atlanta murder so you're just like well why what are we doing guys like where do you where do you want our focus like I just it was weird to be so serial killer centric in the beginning one way and then to veer off into this other thing mm-hmm. um, so it's just it wasn't cohesive okay. and it needed to be written better and then it takes a uh, weird turn spoiler alert i don't are you ever gonna watch i'm it? not going to so it takes this weird turn where the older guy trench i think his name is or mm-hmm. something like that it's an old guy name yeah <laughs> um 
he tench that's it also um, an old guy name. yes <laughs> <laughs> um his son ends up being a participant in a child murder like he actively is a participant in the murder or he like- doesn't murder the child but he watches it happen and then he because they go to church like he suggests that they put the kid on a cross so that because in his mind he will come back to life oh okay but like the kid never really talks and they insinuate that he has like m- like they show him um like staring at a little girl on a swing like real mm-hmm. creepy like this kid fits the profile that he's been trying to build the whole time yeah and mm-hmm. s- like and so he's trying to hide that this has happened so it's just like fucking weird like you don't need to take this turn there's so much happening between the serial killer murders or like interviews that you were doing this woman's love life and the atlanta child murders why are you throwing this thing in like here this now? other weird thing now for this character to have a secret that he's hiding from his yeah. colleagues yeah about the jobs that they're actually doing like it's like well hey, let's not talk about my son who's actually a part of all of this yeah so he's working in atlanta but constantly having to go back to virginia mm-hmm. and so it's just it's odd it sounds very unfocused i mean you already have like, yeah. a lot of different storylines and then you're three to four main characters 100 percent. but then on top of that adding the layer of like well you have this twist and then on top of that the actual murders that are occurring and we need to solve that Yes, yeah, so then they get into the um, racial injustices and how fucking horrifying it is that mm-hmm. nobody cares about these young black kids being killed. Um, and, like, they could have delved into that, uh, I guess, a bit more. Like, they talk to some of the families and how frustrated the families are and what mm-hmm. they're trying to do. But it's just, you're just kind of being swung about a bit, it, but not in an exciting way. <laughs> it sounds like they're trying to get a slice of, like, the uh, true detective pie, like, yeah, after the fact. Maybe. And the, the, just the premise alone reminds me of just a, like, a, the better slash version of this slash shorter version of this, mm-hmm. a Korean movie called uh, Memories of Murder. Oh. Um, which is just about, I think I may have mentioned it before, um, it is just about Korea's first experience with, like, a serial killer. Oh. And it's, like, the late, 80, late 80s, early 90s, and couple of grisly murders happen in the town mm-hmm. but they just assume like oh yeah it's it's a murder it's a crime and passion like you know they, these things have no connection mm-hmm. uh a detective from soul comes like you know this rural town mm-hmm. um and checks it out it's like it looks at all the evidence like this is a serial killer and they're like what's that um oh. <laughs> and then explains that to them and like you know gets the fbi involved but like we're not going to korea like you got to figure this out on your own like send us your information and like you know we'll try to build a profile for you here uh-huh. we'll like you know do dna samples, uh, evidence and all that stuff but like we can't come there and just them over the course of like five years in the meanwhile a whole political upheaval is happening in the background yeah and like that's like a very subtly done Gotcha. Where it's just like, ah, oh, things are changing at work. Ah, oh, you know, our homes are being affected by this. And then, like, there's, like, a 10-second scene of, like, fires in the street, people being beaten oh, God. with, like, batons. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> and, and this murder, it's like, in in the actual timeline of the world, like, yeah, crazy shit was happening in Korea. And, like, all, while all that was going on, the first serial killing they ever had was going on as well. Oh, and at the same time, the every episode starts with, uh the btk killer like you show him in uh-huh. some slice of his life why i don't know jason <laughs> are we gonna like cover it's that? just is like he... it's so many things uh-huh. and it's so unfocused and like they could have had something better and they just fucked it up by trying to 
put their fingers in too many pies. Like outside of the true detective pie, it feels like they're definitely trying to capitalize on like the America's love the of true, true crime. crime which just... I am very much part of that wave. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm also not an idiot. And so you can't just serve me garbage. Mm-hmm. But then again, they won. Cause in the end I watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, two good things in it. Uh, Nate Cordry, Rob Cordry's little brother is in it. Oh, he does a good job as a, a cop. Very interesting. I'd yeah. like to see, does he have, has he have a full so, head of hair or no? He's so cute. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one great thing did come of it, which is Albert Jones, who plays Jim Barney, who is um, in, I believe he's an FBI agent in Atlanta, who's also helping. Okay. And he's very handsome. Well, I mean, and um, you're not there for the murders, you're there for the handsome fellas attached you know? to them. And uh, his clothes fit him. And <laughs> they fit I'd like him. these at my hips, please. <laughs> <laughs> Where pants should lay. And he um, kind of like Cheaty from The Good Place of just like, I know you're wearing like short sleeve <laughs> Oxford shirts, but I see your biceps underneath them. You're not so secretly jacked. Yes. And he's beautiful. <laughs> and I feel like she does in some way of just like, no, 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 no. And they actually say there's one line about it that Kristen Bell says mentioning and just like, can we, are we just all ignoring this? <laughs> Cause like, yeah, his clothes fit well. And I am noticing you FBI agent Barney. <laughs> Thank you. You're the only thing getting me through this. Barney shots at Barney's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Big inhale. Yeah. So yeah, I was pretty into that. Um, again, big pivot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's something else I could segue into there, but no, I want to talk about the Mortal Engines. <laughs> oh, I saw that was available to watch and I just laughed and continued on my way. Like, it's not trash. It's not, really? It's not trash in that sense. Okay. It is a very pretty movie. Mm. It is like visually like, wow, this is like very good CG. It looked CG, like there was a lot going on. But it's, it's toys fighting toys. And like, that's not a... <laughs> It's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Like, this is a Saturday morning cartoon. But if I want to watch that, I'll just watch Toy Story. You can just watch Toy Story. Um, but it's like, hey, like, imagine, like, a really cool Hot Wheels set fighting, like, airplanes. Like, that's what this movie is. Oh. <laughs> um, Interesting. It's, uh, you know, the so in the world of Mortal Engines. Um, Take me to this world, Jason. In a world. Fly me on this weird asian themed boat air thing a few hundred years in the future Ooh, love humanity it. has bombed itself to not, near non-existence great however there are cities on wheels in, that's the premise of this movie in the sky on the ground cities on wheels oh and they're called predator cities and they gobble oh. up smaller uh cities oh, for the resources and their people yeah, I'm out already. Yeah, kinda. it's it's a lot to take in. It feels like a Saturday so morning cartoon. There's like I'm assuming these quote cities are enormous. They're gigantic. They're like miles huge, like you know, okay. many stories tall. Okay, on gigantic tank treads, you know, moving moving across just a barren land. Yeah, of destruction. And the, the land doesn't seem so barren. It's like you know, if you guys stopped and settled there's enough greenery here to grow things yeah. like the world doesn't seem so desolate and bombed out right you, you can't it's not like um oh man my memory is shit today i'm sorry well i mean like the shit. matrix or something like that uh no like um 
Tom Hardy movie where he's oh, got Oh, Mad the, Max? Yeah, it's not a Mad no. Max where it's just like an empty desert planet. It's a pretty... Because ver- then I would get it. It's a pretty verdant world. There's greenery oh, and nice plant life. Oh, vocab word. <laughs> I see you. All right. I know it green means <laughs> like no it's um it, it, it looks like you know if he's stopped and like just settled down it'd be fine yeah but i think that's part of the movie where it's just like this idea of consumption and uh-huh. like consistently wanting more okay going back to the ways that got them there in the first place gotcha. the big premise of the movie being that uh london uh has will... fallen is gerard there <laughs> london's rolling Ooh. all right and Hugo Weaving is at the helm. Love it. Um, he is not aged in 20 years. Nope, he is an He's ageless man. truly an elf. Um, <laughs> and also it reminds me that the Lord of the Rings is almost 20 years old. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the, Wit- of the oh. Ring. Yeah, it hurts, right? Let's take a moment. <laughs> oh, God. Let's take a moment for our youths and uh, remembering that they existed at one point in time. Oh, my God. Remember what it felt like to be 14 and going to the theater and seeing Lord of the Rings. Buying yes, the first DVD. Because I did. <laughs> and yeah, it was one of my first DVD. Oh. Yeah. 20 oh years ago. Yeah. Almost I, 20 years ago. Wow. Still two years away. But 2021. Yeah, because I remember seeing it freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Oh. We're almost there, baby. And then for Christmas, my when I asked for it, my uncle didn't know what he was getting. So he accidentally bought me the extended version, <laughs> like the fancy box set. And I was like, what? This DVD looks like a book. I don't know. Okay. Here <laughs> this <you go>. nerd <laughs> girl. Take it. <laughs> so exciting. But um, but yeah, that aside, Hugo Weaving is the mayor of London or like the helmsman of London. As well, he should be. And uh, his whole thing is he wants to get these old weapons to uh, basically be indomitable. To destroy other cities instantly. Same old story. Yeah, and these sky pilots want to stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Coalition of the Sky People or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what they're called, but that's what I call them. <laughs> um, and notable things about it, um, Robert Sheehan plays a non-weirdo. Oh. It's like the first... It, I, he, I did not recognize him until damn near the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, he's so handsome. Where I was like, holy crap, you're, you're Robert Sheehan, you're... You're normal in this movie? All right. So, like, I know I said I was out on this movie, but depending on how he's looking, <laughs> I might be back in. He wears cool jackets. He uh, throws away one cool jacket for another cool jacket when he pilots a ship. Nice. Um, oh, he's a pilot. I like a man in he's a He's a historian um, that has aspirations of becoming a pilot. Mm. Um... Yeah, the uh, the main girl, uh, Hera Hillman, she's, like, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> like, there's nothing that was particularly, like interesting about her she's got a solid chin dimple solid chin red hair um a robot wants to kill her um it looks like they're trying to find their next kristen stewart a little bit like yeah. we need a girl with like sharp features and dead eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> i think she's a very attractive lady <laughs> i wouldn't describe them as dead eyes i'd say maybe she's not the most um, she doesn't emote on her face as much. Because those eyes are dead. Oh, <laughs> They've God. seen things, the end of things. I have recently found Kristen Stewart <laughs> extremely attractive. She's a very attractive woman. Like, gorgeous. I'm just like, look at you with agree. your beautiful eyes and your pale, pale skin. There's something about those eyes, though, that's just <laughs> seen more than any one woman should have seen. <laughs> Twilight was her uh, name. Oh, God. Poor thing. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's directed by a guy, uh, Christian Rivers, and he was, you know, uh, a visual effects um, artist and supervisor on that Lord of the Rings. That makes so much more sense and now. you would get someone like that to direct a movie. It's his first feature, but you get someone like that to direct a visual experience right. like this movie. Okay. Um, Peter Jackson, of course, producer on this, um, which is why you see some of his usual players in it. Um, what was so special about this girl? Wasn't there something special about her? Um, her mom found an artifact, which was like the the kill code mm-hmm. for the super weapon, <laughs> and put it around her neck, and she has the code to do to do the thing. She's oh, the, the chosen girl, the special child, oh, the Harry of Potter yeah, yeah, of yeah. this situation. Great. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's a, it's a go forth, Bella. Yes, it's a it's a YA. Yeah translated thing for okay. screens so gotcha. you know it's fine and again it's not bad it is just i would love to see the saturday morning cartoon that this could have been gotcha interesting yeah. okay um i while you were watching that on amazon prime i was like i know this is gonna be bad i like scoffed at mortal engines and then just went down a similarly dark <laughs> route to carnival row <laughs> the mortal end <laughs> why would anyone i'll watch carnival row please it's such garbage and i knew it shut up i knew it was gonna be garbage but it looked so visually stunning that i was like okay fine i will try to ignore cara Delevingne and you orlando bloom know how i feel about her, <laughs> her acting in the biggest quotes. I didn't know. No, did I? I've talked about Valerian in the city of a thousand <laughs> planets. Oh, that's right. That was her. Before. I forgot about that. Oh, you may have confused her um, with uh, the other dude that looks exactly like her. <laughs> her boyfriend husband? Her boyfriend husband <laughs> slash brother. <laughs> I mean, that's what I meant. Brother husband. <laughs> um, yeah. Um I knew it was going to be bad. I just wanted to see how it looked. And it did look great. It looked like um, uh, uh, if you crossed Harry Potter with the alienist of just like... We're in London. Dirty Magic London. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dirty Magic London. That's a great name for like... Album? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Avril Lavigne's next album. (laughs) Dirty Magic London. You're welcome. <laughs> Chad Kroger, get ready for some <laughs> sweet money rolling in. Um, so it, I mean, oh, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through, Not, I didn't even get through the entire first episode. I, mm-hmm. uh, um, I stopped it like 10 minutes before because I had to leave and I did not feel bad about leaving that. Um <laughs> Packing my things, I gotta go. Pretty much. Never coming back to this house. Um, it's very allegorical to what's going on with uh, racism and cops and... Um, and ice and... Yeah, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that is not me shitting on those problems. It's me shitting on this horrible, horrible show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like immigration. Yeah, all that stuff. But the acting is just not good. And Orlando Bloom... It looks great, but that's where that <laughs> sentence begins and ends. It's just done. He looks great. Um, so, and they try to, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not good. And okay. I would not recommend it. Um, it does look amazing. I wish it was a different story in the same setting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like a Victorian ever fairy tale. Like that could be kind of fun and cool yeah. to look at. But yeah, but it's not working for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a Cara Delevingne is this fairy, and her people were like there's a war, and her people were abandoned to basically be like um, killed by what are essentially kind of like Nazi type things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like kind of hiding out. Orlando Bloom was one of the good guys, but in the army that like left them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, like, so you know what this sounds like? This mm. sounds like a thing that is a much better version of this. That mm. is a, that is a comic book and was and was a video game called um, Fables, mm. where in which um, imagine if every story that you heard of as a kid, like you know Jack uh, Jack and Jill, mm-hmm. or like you know. The tale of uh, the big bad wolf, Hansel oh, Gretel. Yeah. What if it was all real? Mm. And like all the characters from those stories, like, you know, existed in this small part in the East Village in New York. Like That's they're cool. refugees, and this is like their last spot to live in. Mm-hmm. And they live normal lives. Like the big bad wolf, he's a detective. Like Snow White, she runs like a tea shop. Done well, that could be interesting. Yes, it sounds like almost like that Disney thing that yeah. existed a couple years ago. Totally. But like, the idea that, like, hey, we're kind of, like, refugees kind of holding on to our existence. As long as those stories live, we live. And we're just kind of, like, eking out an existence here. But mm-hmm. our time is, like, coming to an end. Things are encroaching on us. Interesting. People are dying and we don't mm-hmm. know why. Okay. And it's just, like, okay. That's I'm already more interested in this <laughs> than Carnival Row. Than Carnival Row. And it just feels like Carnival Row takes that premise or that formula and, like, kind of just doesn't take the ball around with it. Orlando Bloom plays like a detective type of guy mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um the bad guys are very much like basically like Trump being type people mm-hmm. just like get them out of here mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. they're not natural yes mm-hmm. and um like this woman gets beaten up by some people and they're just like, don't worry, Orlando Bloom, he's one of the good guys. I'm just like, yeah, okay, great. This white guy's a good guy, mm-hmm. and these Ram people are getting beaten up. Also, I don't know what's going on with the species because the one guy looks like he was half horse. Mm-hmm. Some people have Ram heads. I don't know what's happening. I'm turning this show off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's just so much, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't do it. All right. I mean, they got really pretty people to be the leads in this, and oh boy. it sounds like they needed some real actual actor anchors for this. Don't get me wrong; they were trying. Okay, they're trying their best. Kara, God bless She's you. She's always trying her best. She's trying her best. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of Carnival Row. Yeah. Oh Maybe we'll get a second season. Oh, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's watched it. I mean, uh, I, they had a lot of ads for it. There was they were advertising it out the butt. I definitely feel like I skipped every commercial that I could for it. Is, and not to be a dick, but like, and I'm sure they're lovely people. But when you see that casting, you know it's not going to be the story's not going to be strong. Mm. And no matter how pretty you make it, sorry, Amazon. Mm. Fair. Next. Um, I can tell you about something that's uh, where they had a lot of pretty people in it, but Ooh. it was also uh, a lot of fun and interesting. It took, it took me to places that I didn't think. I uh, watched uh, Triple Frontier, um, sat down to complete that. Uh, it, wow. It is a handsome men's smorgasbord. It is, but I couldn't make it past Charlie Hunnam's uh, speech that he was giving to... About PTSD. 
<laughs> Couldn't do it. And I was like, Chuck, you're trying to act your heart out. I am not feeling this right He's now. He's got a weird accent going on. He like, always does, Jason. <laughs> just let him use his real accent. I feel like he's locked in speech limbo somewhere, and I just don't. I just want to get out. <laughs> he one hundred percent is. <laughs> but you know what? I watch Austin's Anarchy. I'm just that's just how he talks, and I'm used to it. It's like oh, boy. my friend talks weird. He was he was he was raised in Chicago and London. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you've seen. Uh, uh, I can't remember that Skyfall. What the hell? Uh, Skyfall? No, Jerry what? B. Yeah, Dutch Boy. Geostorm. Geo. Yeah, there we go. You've seen Geostorm. The plot makes sense to this. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all you had to say was Dutch Boy, and I knew exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh God. Um. Anyway, triple, mm, triple frontier. frontier. Um. So you got your Oscar Isaacs. You got oh. your Carly Hunnams. It's uh, cruel that they put these beautiful men in this terrible movie. You've got your Pedro Pascals. You've got oh. your uh, Ben Afflecks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is most people's response <laughs> in that line of handsome, handsome men. Like, and if, don't get me wrong. Objectively, like, yeah, he's a good looking guy. But like with all the decisions, his issues, <laughs> and that goddamn tattoo on his back. You just, <laughs> it's like a real strong pass at this point. Hey, he joined the Yakuza. You can't let, it, like, let him live his oh life. Oh my God, he wishes. <laughs> Jesus. I forgot he had that big boy in his back. Oh, God. It's, it's a, a big boy, it's too. It's a dragon? Yes. Ugh. And he's like six foot four, so it's a big back. It's a lot of space. It's a big dragon. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, God. I forget that's there. It had um, to be so expensive. He had to sit so many hours. It had to be so painful. He was going through some tough things in his life, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure winning an Oscar at 22 was real rough. And winning another one again at... 38 was probably not easy either. He's won, what? what? Uh, Argo won Best Picture. He didn't win Best Director. Not, that's wrong. Like, I mean, yes, but mm. also that should not have won. I don't know what was up, up that year. That is one that I think is up for debate, certainly. Yeah, no. I think it was the same year well, as um, Les Mis, but. I mean, the- that was not that was not a strong contender either. Yeah. But anyway, triple frontier. Sorry, sorry. Back sorry. to the frontier. <laughs> we got our man Pedro Pascal on there, and the other dude whose name I forget. Um, and they subvert you on this. You mm-hmm. think, oh, this is a bunch of guys going in there fighting for America, doing American things. Like, no, these are thieves, um, going to commit crimes <laughs> on foreign soil. Mm. And they are straight up with each other about that. Like, look, we are we do not have the flags on our back. At best, we're committing murder and robbery. No like shit. that is what we're doing here, and like Oscar Isaac is like the leader of this uh, contingent of dudes, mm. and they pull your heartstrings and make you think like Affleck is like you know the moral core of this group. You know mm-hmm. he's gonna like you know lead them straight the entire time. He's like ah, I don't want to do this op. Like you know I, I I've got kids, I got a family. Like you know I just want to provide for them. You know I'll just do research and like you know and advisement and that's it. You know I'll mm-hmm. take my my three grand and go home. Yeah. You know and then like. They convince him to go. He's like, all right, I'll go. Like, you know, I'll do the timing. I'll plan it out. I'll do everything that you need me to do. I'll be there on the app with you. Mm-hmm. And then his eyes get really fucking big mm. and he gets really greedy and he, he starts fucking the whole thing up. It's like, it felt like the director took the script and was like, Ben, just be Ben. Just uh, make some bad decisions here, oh. man. And it is very interesting to see how, how those decisions affect the rest of the movie. Um, it very much feels like a uh, 
Catherine Bigelow directed action movie. Uh, you know, I've never seen any of her action movies. Have you seen Hurt Locker at all? Or? I have not. Um, AKA uh, The Falcon and Hawkeye uh, do yeah. crazy stuff. <laughs> Falcon's in it too? Oh yeah, it's Anthony Mackie's like, first like big, big I role. I didn't know old Tony Baloney Mackie's in it. <laughs> T.B. Mackie. Oh, tones. <laughs> okay. Um... But yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like um, very tough manly men mm-hmm. um, making bad decisions based on love. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, if you're not making bad decisions for love, come on. What but else are you going to make bad decisions it's for? It's like the love of like, you know... Your job, or like the love of like another Your man. Job, like in Hurt Locker, like he Jeremy Renner loves his job. Oh boy! To the point where it's like it's hard for him to acclimate coming back home. Where it's like, okay, I need to go back out there. Like oh, okay. I, I, I kind of need this. His job, or like that adrenaline, or that adrenaline. Yeah. It's like the regular world got too slow for him. Gotcha. Um, in this, it, you kind of feel the same thing where it's like, these guys can't acclimate to regular society. So this is what, this, this is, is where they're getting that rush from. This is what stuff. they need, kind of. Gotcha. Like, anything else to build up their family career, anything like that, it really was never for them. Mm. Like, they kind of needed to be in this and to, to, to suffer through yeah. this. Um, yeah, they throw some curveballs at you. People mm. die that you don't think are gonna die. Mm. Um, <laughs> a lot of money gets lost. In many ways, it feels like a, a western almost. Oh, okay. In the sense that, like, you know, these are cowboys like who did a bad thing, and like they are on the run, and they are just that's too stressful for me. I can't. It's it, there is some good tension throughout that mm. movie. Um, some beautiful scenery. Um, mm. a lot of different scenery. The triple frontier, referring to like the borders of the countries that they're in um of like the andes it's like you're going through jungle you're going through desert and you're going through um snow-capped mountains so three different terrains three different frontiers that like are going to affect you in a really bad way yeah if you're not prepared for it it's really hard to pack for it is but they somehow seem fine in any scenario that they're in like their columbia jackets got them through everything right they're lightweight but very protective yes uh, very warm apparently (laughs) um but no it's it's cool. Um, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I had okay. very low expectations. So you liked it? I liked it. Okay. I came away liking it. Okay. Um, when I did not think I was going to when I turned it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hate this, click. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hate watching I mean, things. that's what I did for Carnival Row. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> um, so the Academy Award nominees for Best Picture Please. for 2013 <laughs> were Silver Linings Playbook, which was so overrated it hurt my soul, yeah. Amour, mm-hmm. which I did not see, Django Unchained, mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty, Lincoln. How did Lincoln not win? It was phenomenal. Life of Pi, fucking Argo, Les Mis, and Beasts of the Southern Wild. Lincoln didn't win? Lincoln did not win Best Picture. I think it won other best director uh-huh uh did it i guess didn't argo win argo won for best picture fucking uh daniel day lewis won for actor um because like the win for argo was like kind of the academy saying like all right ben we accept you again Ugh. like our favorite son is back directing winner was life of pi mm-hmm. um Argo won for film editing. Whatever. Um, come on. Yeah, Argo won for best picture. Wow. How production design... Basically, Lincoln won a bunch of other stuff. All the technical awards. But uh, they were actually spread out. 
Argo won for best ri- like adapted screenplay. Are you fucking? What were the other competitors for adapted screenplay? Silver Linings, Beast of the Southern Wild, Southern Wild, Life of Pi, Lincoln, and Silver Linings. Again, what? Mad disrespect for Lincoln in these streets. Yeah, because it was uh, it was spread out. Basically, the rest of the winners were spread around the other like four main movies, mm-hmm. but Lincoln got screwed. Damn. Because they were probably just tired of giving Spielberg stuff. <laughs> Look, man, the dude put Hollywood on his back for like 10 years and said, we're making money in these streets. Like- <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote from an official bi- autobiography. I want to Look, see- Steven Spielberg, I'm making money in these streets. I want... I want to read this book. <laughs> the un- the unofficial biography of Steven Spielberg, where he was a hustler on the streets <laughs> of Hollywood, making big moves, making money, and being a mob boss that he is. <laughs> All right? That's what I want. The PG-13 rating did not exist before Steven Spielberg. The MPAA looked at Gremlins. They looked at uh, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. I said, uh, Steve, there are children in danger in this movie. What do you think we should do, Steve? So... <laughs> Figure it out. I'm not changing it. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Spielberg. Uh, absolutely. And they made it the PG-13 rating because Spielberg made too much money indeed, for Hollywood. Indeed, so you are making it rain in these streets. Uh, Jeff, 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 my kind. Jeff, how much money did I make for Hollywood last year? $250 million? <laughs> Of one movie, right? That was, that was E.T. It was, e- it was E.T., right? <laughs> Okay, all right. Just I just want I just had to check my account really quick. Anyway, you were saying about the about this rating? It was an R. What was what's that about? Like no, like he was a boss in these streets, running things, <laughs> driving like really huge Cadillacs everywhere. <laughs> yes, I want to see that's my movie Spielberg. All right, <laughs> that's what it's called. Amazing. <laughs> um, what else did you say? So. I was scrolling through Instagram, mm-hmm. and um, I came across this because you know how they just have random clips of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this, there's this meme type clip thing. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> and it was Katy Perry crying about having just uh, she and uh, Russell. What's his face? Russell Brand. Thank you. Um, basically, finding out like they're separating oh and then she goes out and she does a concert mm-hmm. and i was like wow that's like that's rough man mm-hmm. and i was like is there more about <laughs> jason i then rented Katy perry the movie part of me what the fuck <laughs> i was in the throes of depression <laughs> you gotta tell me about this journey Whoa, that's a big decision you made that day. It you cost like cash money down. <laughs> Whoa. Please tell me. I did more. try to find it, but it was free on other places and it was not. Uh but you had a mission today. You had to figure out was the, the, the source of this mystery. Jason. Because it was very dramatic. <laughs> and I really felt for her. But it looked like it was a clip from the film. It was a clip from the documentary. Okay. The official documentary. You went to the source. Yeah, I don't fuck around. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm waiting for that Spielberg <laughs> autobio to come out. I want official sources, sir. First off, this doc was produced by Brian Grazer. 
the other half of Imagine Pictures. <laughs> Ron Howard's counterpart. Mm-hmm. Okay. His bestie, yeah. <laughs> One of the producers. So I was thoroughly entertained. I, A, a couple things I have to put out there. I listen to music constantly. I have no passion for it. Fair. Um, I just want something catchy in my ear holes. Katy Perry is very catchy. Mm-hmm. I have several of her songs on my okay. phone. A lot of people They're do. also really good to run to. Okay. Not that I run anymore. <laughs> but when I did, they were great. <laughs> um, Eye of the Tiger or... Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't go to concerts. That's not something I care about. Mm-hmm. But if I were to have to go to a concert... Jason, it looked great. Okay, it was highly produced. There's a lot going on. There's a shit ton of color. Mm-hmm. She has crazy um, wardrobe changes. Mm-hmm. Like her costumes are super elaborate, and she'll be in one, and they'll take one of those. It's in the shape of a slinky, but it's like cloth, and they just like it's a tube around her, and then they shake it for like five seconds, and they drop it oh, down. Oh, that's like a magic trick. And she had yeah, and she has a new outfit, and then they'll do it again, and she has another outfit. That's pretty dope. So, like, and you can see a little bit of, like, the layering underneath of the costumes, but I don't know what the fuck she's doing mm-hmm. to get into, like, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a technical miracle. Um, so, I was like, why am I enjoying this so much? <laughs> 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 and then I realized I am a person who, obsessed is probably a strong word, but I'm going to go with it. I'm obsessed with um, logistics and sincere interactions and you're seeing the somewhat of the logistics of trying to put together something this big because it was her first huge world tour okay um and it lasted what year was this uh, 2013 2014 um yes i think it was 2014 um katie perry divorce (laughs) 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 i wrote lady perry de corksa (laughs) Lady Perry de Cox Yeah, 2015, I think So, um, it was her big big world tour Like, a lot happened to her during that tour Like, she had just gotten married And uh, she, like, her album was, like, killing it She was the first person, aside from Michael Jackson To have five hit singles On one album? On one album Damn. Yeah. By five like, number ones? Five number ones. Jesus Christ. Right. That's like, a it's, big deal. It's a big deal. And like she was killing it. And then at the same so it was interesting to see logistics. And granted, when I say sincere, like this it's a documentary. She knows she's being filmed and whatever. And it's so, edited and all that and stuff. It's edited, but still. Et cetera, et cetera. But it's more so than you would get in like a sit down interview, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just very interesting, and then the, I was just waiting the whole time for this, because you see them together on the tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all knew that marriage wasn't going to last, but yeah, like whatever. Yeah, everyone built off of last, like, hey, you're hot, hey, you're hot. Like, yeah, let's, let's this smash our faces together. Mm-hmm. And more than our faces together. Uh, wobbly bits. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, so... It was just interesting to see. The ca- music was really catchy. Mm-hmm. Because I would never go to a concert, but it was nice to see basically see her concert um, and her interesting little family. Excuse me. Um, and then, yeah, she 
gets I guess she gets a text message. They don't explicitly say, but she's basically laying in like a hair or makeup chair and just sobbing in the middle of her world tour like in the middle it was toward the end of it okay toward the end of it and damn russell you could have waited till she was like done bro but she was and granted there are two sides to every story but Mm -hmm. she was on this tour and she would work like two weeks and then on the third week she would go fly to wherever he was for a couple days mm. and then fly back to wherever she had to be for the tour so it's grueling absolutely touring um, is not an easy thing it sounds fucking awful any respect fucking terrible um so yeah it was just there so they're not seeing each other a lot and then she gets i guess it must have been a text message that's what it's insinuated that like the it's done and so Again, it's edited, so who knows? Mm-hmm. But she, they're like, do you want to cancel? Like, what do you want to do right now? Mm-hmm. And, like, people are just kind of waiting. Um, and then she, they make it seem like she's just like, we're going to do it. And so she's sobbing, and then she gets herself together. And, like, you know how they always start below the stage and they rise up? I will say that she didn't look like she had been crying mm. when she was there. Like, her makeup was fine. Her eyes didn't look puffy. But who knows if they... You don't know the span of time between when she was sobbing and when she gets ready mm-hmm. to go on stage. So they might have fixed her up a bit. Um, but seemingly, they would have you think that she was sobbing right before the concert. Then she's like, no, we gotta, I got to pull myself together for this. And then she goes up and performs. It was in her it was her Brazil concert. Okay. So like yeah, so it was just interesting to see, kind of, the rise of her and everything. Like from my perspective in setting up shows and being like a person on the ground putting up lights and stuff like oh that for God. concerts like that. Yeah. Like, yes, an amazing amount of logistics go into it. But in that moment that you're talking about there, when they're asking her, "Do you want to continue?" What people kind of don't, I guess, understand is that that artist, if in a situation like her where she's a sole singular artist on this mm-hmm. tour, and whoever her opening act or acts are yeah. for the continuation of that tour, like, she's essentially the CEO of that corporation. Mm. Like, you know, she is responsible for the paychecks of right. a few hundred people. Yeah. People that are putting up that stage that day in that town. Mm-hmm. The next town that they're going to, those people that will be putting up that stage. Mm-hmm. The entire touring crew producers, travel agents, all that stuff. She's responsible for making sure that they get a paycheck. And her saying, yes, I will continue, it's a really admirable decision because you're putting money in the pockets. Everyone else ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. You're putting everyone else ahead of you. putting the fans ahead of you that like yeah. you know bought their tickets months in advance to mm-hmm. see you and like it may be their only opportunity to see you right, right, right. and doing this world tour that you're doing. Who knows if, you got, if you'll get another one. Mm-hmm. Those things aren't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But... At that point, at your low, at a pretty low low. Yeah. Like, that kind of sucks. It kind of sucks to have that on camera. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, no one who was filming this film, I'm sure no one thought that this was going to happen. Yeah, you no, drama it was, of some kind, but yeah, not they like were, that. For those scenes, they were kind of in the background, mm-hmm. clearly peering through a bunch of people mm-hmm. at one point. Again, it's edited. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like right before she goes on, like she's in her costume and she's sobbing behind the curtain, and it's kind of <laughs> the office documentary style, like peeking through the curtain, <laughs> and just says in she the- still happens to have a mic on, something like that. <laughs> it, well, it just says 
you can't really hear you can hear a little bit mm-hmm. but then it, i always have the subtitles Sometimes. on it's just a sobbing <laughs> like, oh, oh no <laughs> um, so it was it was interesting mm-hmm. and it was one of the few artists who i know a lot of their catalog and like mm-hmm. so i actually knew what was happening on stage and stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah that was my adventure into um Katy Perry's world. And it seems to be a genuine. You got what you wanted. You got your logistics out of it. You got your genuine human uh, mm-hmm. interactions and like mm-hmm. expressions out of and it. And drama. And drama. A little bit of drama there. Like, Love you know, some drama. I'm sure there's much to be said on both sides. You know, in a divorce or a breakup, anything like that. There's always two sides of the story. Absolutely. Sometimes three. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, we got to see it from her perspective. And it looks like that kind of sucks. That sucks. Like, it sucks to have that information. Imagine being at work, working on a spreadsheet. It's over. Yeah. What the fuck? Like... That hurts. That sucks. Like, can you just wait till the tour is over, bro? Yeah. Can't you just wait till like? Can't you wait till five? Like, wait till <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Wait till on. I'm done, and then we can have this conversation. Like, yeah. but I'm in the middle of the tour. Yeah. So that's that's hard. But yeah. I mean, it's it's cool that it was a fun experience, mm-hmm. and that like the sadness aside, yeah. Like, a, a tour movie is rare. It doesn't mm-hmm. always happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like now more than ever they happen more for pop acts. Right. Um, but also like a tour movie is interesting. It's like, yeah, you get to see someone's like backstage or something like that. Her I, sister is her like right hand man. Mm-hmm. And then after, like shortly after, uh, they announced their separation, her sister was getting married. So she had to Jeez. fly for the dress yes. fitting. That's right. Oh God. Um, but yeah, her parents are like ministers and like, they're she pretty comes from religious. A very Christian background. So that was a little. I wish they got into that more, but they're you know pretty supportive of her and that stuff. That was her image so, when she first started. Yeah, like she you know she had a Christian album. Yep, had a Christian album, like you know guitar and all that stuff yeah. on the cover, like very traditional. And then very she met uh, Travis McCoy from Gym Class Heroes, and oh, her life changed. <laughs> I mean, didn't all of our. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't regret it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying that to also convince myself? Maybe a little bit, guys. Like, I mean, on paper, it seems like something that you would not be into. No, of but not. I'm glad that you came out of it like really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, to make a total shift, mm-hmm. I watched Sicario: Day of the Soldado. How was it? unnecessary but really fucking good really do you remember when we were i think i had gotten tickets to sneak peek to see one of the jurassic world movies Uh and we were waiting in line and we thought the line was for jurassic world but it's actually for that and we were like how is this movie why are people so excited for this that might have been sicario one no it was the second one second the second one came out this year in 20 no, it came out in twenty eighteen. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. It was mm-hmm. last year. Um, yes. And we were like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of people excited for like the second Sicario movie." Because then we laughed at the name of the movie. Sicario two, Sicario harder. Like, <laughs> like it just because it, it was originally called Sicario two, and then in marketing right. they did change later to Sicario yeah. Day of the Soldado. Yep. But it was just one where it's like I don't know. If, like it, the first one ends so well. It wraps up perfectly. But the second one, it supposes it acts as if you decided to come back like oh so you're in cool shit's gonna get worse oh yeah <laughs> like it's uh it doesn't pull any punches um it, it shows you that that this is it's 
more than a war between like you know uh cartels and the united states and Mm -hmm. like the cartels between themselves it's like this is just clockwork like this is a game and you do anything to win interesting and like and the point isn't even winning it's almost like the point is to perpetuate the war to keep it going to keep it cycling huh and like that's like the view that it takes on it like too many people are getting too much out of it to stop it on all ends on all sides Mm -hmm. it's like this is a terrible endless waltz Hmm. and like it's just it looks at it in a very grim light. Yeah. And like no one is playing fair. There are no rules. Gotcha. It's like what it's supposing. And like, again, these are all things established in the first one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just. But on a smaller scale. On a, on a smaller scale. And like Ish. it just goes to show you like, this doesn't end. Like the players change, but this doesn't end. It didn't get particularly great ratings, which is surprising. Like um, from what I've seen, like it, it's it's not bad. Like, yeah. like fairly positive ratings overall. But I just don't think anyone ever expected it. Yeah, totally. Um, halfway through the movie, it becomes a lot like Logan. <laughs> um, it definitely takes on, like, you know, older man protecting younger girl kind of thing. That's right. Um, but, and yeah, people like Josh Brolin and Burn Notice. I forget the guy's name. I'm just calling him Burn, Burn Notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what is his name? It's yeah. Jeffrey something. Je- uh, yes. Um, they're great in it. And there is a point where in which... Oh, so he's in it like a little bit more. He's That's, in a little bit more. It's so funny to me that they recast him, or like they cast him again for like a nothing role in the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan. Because like he's like a fairly big name, or at least it felt like it. I don't know. I watched I mean, a lot of Burn Notice. So. Yeah, so did I, Jason. In college, <laughs> I used to get together with a couple friends to watch it. Yeah, I did. I did. Burn Thursdays. <laughs> Burn days. Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> in watching it, uh, in Sicario 1, the moment they, like, enter Mexico in that big convoy, yeah. immediate tension, butt clenching right. tension. Oh, yeah. They managed to achieve that again immediately Ooh. in the second one. Okay. Like, as soon as they cross that border, like, get fucking ready, because yeah. you know it's coming at any second. Like, it, it manages to maintain that that tension and that fear mm-hmm. throughout, Ooh. and like it's just very like very well done. And it's a different director than the first one. I, I forgot to write down the director's name, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, looking at like the guy's uh, history, it's like oh, you have like you know a foot steeped in like the, the crime drama, okay, and like you know you know what you're doing here. Um, it was two directors actually, um, and it just felt like wow, you managed to maintain the same butt clenching tension yeah as you did in the first one um and again unnecessary you see in the first one you don't need to see the second mm-hmm. one but it's a good movie regardless of like you know it's overall addition to the first one okay um and apparently it's a, it's, a, it's designed to be a trilogy oh um, boy you know again you don't need three movies of this no but if the second one's any indicator the third one will be good too but it's just not necessary let's just keep our fingers crossed that usa star jeffrey donovan I, is still in this movie survive jeffrey that's <laughs> all i need you to do stop getting those do duis he loves to get a dui loves just, to drink and drive oh boy a good a good tom collins <laughs> and a convertible you don't need them both not at the same time um oh jeff <laughs> but um but no, um, the the ending of the movie to me is strange, mm-hmm. but I get it. Okay. The war continues. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that was my those were my feelings on Sicario, Day of right. the Soldado. Maybe I'll check it out. It, I saw it on Stars. Apparently, I have a little bit of Stars, a little bit of Stars, not a lot of Stars. You're the only person. <laughs> Power they is should a just show. Just call it Star, because <laughs> there's only one person watching that channel. 
Um, I watched, I think as it was free on somewhere, I watched that movie Mr. Right with Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? Have you seen it? I've seen parts of it and forgotten many parts of it. Cool. Um, I remember that Sam Rockwell is a hitman mm-hmm. and Anna Kendrick falls for him. Mm-hmm. And again, it just feels like this the age gap here is a little too much. I it's like fourteen years, mm-hmm. sixteen years, like it's a gap. Because he is, it was a couple years ago. It was like four years ago and he's fifty now. So mm-hmm. he was like forty six and she was like thirty, thirty two or mm-hmm. something. Like I don't know. I mean, I like I love him. Mm-hmm. I like re fell in love with him. <laughs> it's real, um, and she was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really. Are you okay if I spoil some of it? For yeah. Okay. Again, I saw this movie. I don't oh, remember okay. it. <laughs> um, it's basically a story of two psychopaths falling in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got Sam Rockwell, Anna Kendrick, who has just broken up with her shitty boyfriend. Um, James Ransone, who is Ziggy from The Wire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Riza. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was in this. I saw, I recognized, you know, I don't know anything as we just discussed about music. Mm-hmm. I saw the name mm-hmm. come up in like the opening credits or whatever. And I was like, I know that's a music person. <laughs> and that's where that thought began and ended. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I was like, when they show like the character and then they put like their actual name, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. <laughs> about that he was great <laughs> he kind of sold the show a little bit mm-hmm. um and tim roth as another hitman who's trying to take right. down sam rockwell because sam roth was like the number one mm-hmm. and tim roth is like i want to be the boy he was his uh protege mm-hmm. uh sam rockwell was tim roth's protege mm-hmm. who has become the best um Sam Rockwell is incredibly charming in it, or at least I found him charming, so I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> He's very aloof and like, you know, <laughs> I kill people, but uh, you know, who doesn't? Um, it, so it kind of just devolves from a rom-com into an action movie. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I still enjoyed it because if it was not Sam Rockwell, I would not have, mm-hmm. but he's charming and he kind of dances around. Um but the the tone is very light, even as it becomes darker and darker, and like Anna Kendrick ends up killing two guys and like enjoying it, and then she becomes a hitman. Okay. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck did I just watch right now? <laughs> What's happening? Like this felt like it was definitely like straight to streaming platforms. Like I don't not this was not something released to theaters at all. Like I have amazing taste. <laughs> I just say so great. But like it's an incredible cast. Like there's no one there that I don't like. Yeah. Like everyone in this it's like hell yeah. Like I like watching movies with these people. I just remember watching it, but like not getting anything out of it personally, and like just kind of forgetting it. Like mm. it's very disposable in my yes. mind. Oh, but, it is absolutely. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, but yeah, it's it's fine. It seemed like they had fun making it. Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick both look like they had a great time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm not a good judge of chemistry, but to me, they seem like they got along really well mm-hmm. and we're having fun. Um, it, yeah, it's a weird little movie. I It's not quite as weird as, it's not nearly as weird as A Simple Plan or A Simple Favor. <laughs> what could be? But 
it's similar in that just like okay so this is like what what is this <laughs> and where is it going who, who is this one? and at the end who am i <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of all over the place um but i enjoyed it nonetheless because sam rockwell is cute and charming okay yeah. um yeah i uh i watched uh glow season three <laughs> <laughs> And I have not. I even though I fully, I enjoyed the first season and the second season was fine. Mm-hmm. When I saw that it's coming back for a third season, as much as I loved the cast and everything, I just wasn't feeling up for it. I get that. I totally get that. I understand. Mm-hmm. Like you know, having any interest in it, um, it felt a little bit like you know, go oh, glows back like that. That's surprising. Like mm-hmm. they just it felt like it just got thrown back on there mm-hmm. but my interpretation of it was it felt like to me the thing that i'm there for like hey this is like a show about like the world of of women's wrestling yeah they kind of forgot the wrestling part it's just soap opera it now. became very much a soap opera oh that stinks like it, it's starting to take like some like the elements of orange is the new black that i don't like oh okay um and I, like, I don't watch that show so you'd have to explain to me like it starts off as a very interesting like character study and like you want to learn more and more about these characters. Mm-hmm. However, it starts to just like jam issues in there that oh. like it's just like are you really trying to talk about the issue or is are you just trying to be relevant to the times now? Yeah. Like do you care about the issue? I felt like that's what they did in the second season too. Of Glow? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little bit. I think if it was there, maybe, but like I, I think I focused a bit too much on just like what I was there for, the mm-hmm. wrestling aspect of yeah. it. Like that's that's why I'm there as a fan it's of this very show. Sweet, and this show absolutely kind of forgot that. It gets really heavy-handed and it becomes like a, I don't know lipstick activism at, at mm. certain parts. Okay, interesting. Explain. Like, there is a there's a situation where like two characters are in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, uh, I forget like the I just remember the wrestling names. Yeah, Beirut is in a uh, relationship with Junk Chain. Right, right, right. Okay, and. Junk Chain is like kind of getting upset at the fact that like you know like Beirut isn't being as intimate, isn't allowing her to be intimate with her mm-hmm. in the way that she's being intimate with in the reverse way. Okay, and they kind of break up over the fact like, well, you don't know what you are. I can't date someone that's not a fully committed lesbian, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wait, that kind of seems kind of fucked up. Like this girl doesn't even know what she is. This is the first relationship she's ever been in. Period. Mm-hmm. Like she's still probably figuring things out. Like I can understand that that's not what you're into, but there seems to be like a weird anger here coming out of this mm. and then later on you know they wind up getting back together but like and she like finally like oh yeah i know what i am now like you know i'm, I'm fully out like you know and like okay cool and she's willing to be back with her together again but it's like wait, wait, wait. did they show that journey at all they don't show the journey it's okay. just like she she figures out what she is and that's fine but there's no consequence for the girl that broke up with her at all. Like, there's no, like, hey, you were kind of a dick there. Yeah. Like, you you didn't even explain as to why that didn't work for you. You just said yeah. it didn't work for you, then you walked away. Yeah. And, like, flaunted your new relationships in her face. It's just Aww. like, what what's going on here exactly? Yeah. Like, you need to answer for the bad things that you did to this other girl. Mm. Like, explain that part mm. of it. But, you know, that's just me as if you're wanting that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that comes up where it's just, like, bash his sexuality like, oh, yeah. There's a scene that yes, is a moment where, like, you know, Bash realizes, like, oh, I'm bisexual. Hmm. And, you know, he's struggling with that. But it happens, like, at the very end of the hmm. season. There's, like, two episodes left. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, 
you hinted at it. That seems really forced also. It feels forced, but he hinted at that maybe in the second season right, where right, he right. lost his friend. Right. And it's like, maybe Vash isn't certain about who he is, but we never, ever go back to it until that episode where he realizes that he's bisexual. Also, it doesn't have to be that he's bisexual. It can just be a really strong, nice male friendship. Yeah. It doesn't have, like, I hate when they force shit like that. Like, it doesn't have to be that, but, like, even still, like, if, if that was a route they were going, build on it. Yeah, yeah. They sh- just didn't build. Yeah. And it just, things keep happening to characters and it's just like, well, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, one episode starts out as like, oh, we're camping, we're camping in the desert. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, it becomes all about the Holocaust and the Vietnam War. What? And it's just like, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, okay, I understand, like, you know, if you want to have a platform to talk about these things, but there's no build. They just keep happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was what I was upset with about the show. Aside from the fact there's no wrestling happening at all. <laughs> all right? I'm here for wrestling. I like wrestling. And I just want to know, like, you know, like, them figuring things out is fun. Yeah. The only new wrestling thing they learned was about managers. Oh, it's like, God. What? Like, this is the only new element that we get added on. Yeah. Like, one of the characters gets injured halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she's in a lot of pain. She's hiding that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Oof. okay, cool. That's something, yeah. This is a wrestling-relevant thing. A wrestler that performs in pain because a lot of them do and it's just like let's talk about that let's get into that like what is it you know like to perform on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. eight eight times a week you know when you're suffering from crippling back pain and what does that do to your relationships and stuff like how does it affect your relationships how does that affect you as a employee at a job like Mm -hmm. what is that like do you get to take the pills like what what is the route of that we don't do anything with it, like, uh, you know, like, oh, it hurts, and uh, you know, I'm taking some apple oh, for it. Like, sucks. oh, I'll make you a manager. Get off your feet. Okay, cool. And, like, no, that is an interesting route to go down that is relevant to the show yeah. that, like, makes sense, and you just don't do it. I feel like they started to do that last season, too, and they would just show a snippet of a character's life, get into, like, a deep issue, like, um, oh, I don't remember the names oh welfare queen when mm-hmm. her that's the character that like, gets her back hurt this season oh okay mm-hmm. um like when her son is just like i don't like that you're portraying this horrible stereotype about us mm-hmm. and it shows like w- their one interaction about that and that was pretty much it and then she like goes to his something with him and then that was it and you're like but this is this huge issue that you could absolutely yeah. kind of delve into throughout the whole season instead you're giving me 12 minutes of this and, and and then I feel like they're patting themselves on the back for pointing something out and then not changing it. I, it happens Which so much now. Which is the same thing that happens in Orange is the New Black. And it happened with uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Of this. They point out like something that is racist or something that is shitty. And it's like they pat themselves on the back for recognizing it. And they don't fucking change anything. Mm-hmm. And like with... Um, one of the guy, the guy from Hamilton who is on... David Diggs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so handsome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just take a moment. Um, when he points out that he has been working really hard and saving money to go to this school and then Kimmy just comes in and she just floats on in as like a peppy white girl. And that's what happens. That's exactly what fucking happens. And instead of changing that they just go along with it right it's a two second joke and it's like yeah like no 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 you guys could do something about this Mm -hmm. and change it but instead you laugh about it pat yourself on the back for seemingly being woke like no fuck you Mm -hmm. that's really shitty and a i had someone point out to me that tina fey they did not like tina fey because 
um, she can be seemingly from her shows and stuff racist. And I was like, you know, I never thought about it, but, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's not um, malicious, but yeah, it's shitty. And I really, it pissed me off so much with Kimmy Schmidt, how they treated their minority characters, um, that I stopped watching it. And uh, it, and so, then, yeah, sorry, with Glow, mm-hmm. same, just like a snippet thing. And I was like, but, okay, why? It's like, why spend any time talking about it at all mm-hmm. if nothing's going to come of it? Yeah, same with Beirut. Like, the same of just like, we're reinforcing this shitty, like, terrorism, you know, yeah. stereotype. And we're gonna point that out to the audience and then we're gonna keep moving on and continue using it like in in one episode they do switch all the characters around mm-hmm. like they have the welfare queens like playing one of them is playing beirut and like beirut gets to play one of the welfare queens and they switch everything up uh-huh. and it should have been like you know the opportunity to, for each of them to look at each other and understand like you know yeah like and that is where the holocaust vietnam thing comes out of mm-hmm. that is at least has like a slight build to it but it, it just the way that it manifests is pretty weird. Yeah. Um. But regardless, like that was the episode where it's like, okay, we're all looking at each other in this mirror of like, you know, we're taking race out of this and looking at the character in itself. Yeah. It's like this is the opportunity where shit can really 100%. change. One hundred percent. And they don't. That sucks. <laughs> like, it sucks really bad. Because like, if you're not gonna get wrestling, at least get good writing out of it, and you're not even getting that. Yeah. And like, okay, we did that for like you know a second, and now mm-hmm. we're gonna go back. Oh. it's like ugh. that's too bad this is not yeah but anyway that's how i feel about glow season three oh, okay <laughs> like um yeah i don't know they they, they they the season ends spoilers i mean i know a lot i'm not gonna watch, watch it so tell me um so spoilers this is how the season ends skip ahead like you know a minute if you don't want to hear this um season ends with them actually like finagling a network mm-hmm. like they they own their own network at the end of this like um what? bash and um What's her name? Uh, Betty Gilpin uh-huh. uh, wind up like being the presence of a network ultimately, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna be able to put the show on and put any that of the programs that we quickly. want." It kind of escalated <laughs> almost no, no kind of uh, foreshadowing. But okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and they're like, "Okay, now we can like make the show that we want to make mm-hmm. and do what we want to do, and it does not have to be these stereotypes." And you just wonder, like, will you actually follow through with that? Yeah. What will season four be like? Mm. But I don't know. Are she, are Betty and um, what's her face friends again? Uh, friends-ish. Okay. Like, you know that they'll never really be back there again right, in right, that right. way. But like. They can be somewhat close again. Yeah, they're closer than they were Trusting-ish. Before. Yeah. Okay. Did they do it? You said that they touched on Bash's sexuality. Is there anything definitive there or not really? Um, yeah, like, uh, where he, like, pretty much knows, like, that felt good, and I want to do that again. Yes, I'm married, and I love my wife. Oh, he got married? Yeah, um, oh, to, okay. uh, Britannica, uh, Kate Nash. Oh, yeah, she's cute. Um, and, like, you can see, Wait, like... that's Kate Nash? Yeah. Really? The singer? Yeah. What? <laughs> Mind melted. <laughs> I did not put those two things together at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Make moves that Yeah, Regular Spielberg. Into, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, on the back of the book jacket, it'll be a quote from Kate Nash, like, he was my idol. <laughs> um... I did not realize that was her. She's adorable. Mm -hmm. And like she does a good job on the show. And I think that she gets to do a lot this season Mm -hmm. insofar as like, you know, 
her character is very much changed by her relationship with Bash now. Oh, that's nice. In the sense of like what her responsibilities are and what she wants. Mm-hmm. And like it's Imagine. a good change. Like yeah. you see a lot build in her. That's good. Um and she loves him and he loves her, but mm. he also understands now it's like this is another part of me that like, you know, I think I need to have fulfilled and like I oh. don't know how that affects me. I don't know how that affects me in the eyes of like the business world now. Oh, they got married at the end of the last season. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. And, like, maybe that's a build where you see him, like, kind of rushing into this relationship and the feel like the need to, like, maybe hide something else yeah, about himself. Maybe. Okay. If you want to read it into that way. But it just, I don't know. It, it's not enough for me, maybe. Gotcha. But, um, but yeah. I mean, that's close season three <laughs> for me. I, I just, I can't believe that's Kate Nash. <laughs> As you I research don't know, now. I don't and know. And compare faces. The glasses yes. are on. No, they're off. They're on. They're off. <laughs> I I never, I think because when she got famous initially, she still had kind of a baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any of I her music. I hadn't seen really. her as a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, I liked a couple of her songs when she first came up. Was she part of a band or? No. This is my music ignorance showing here. No. Right? Um, just a solo just a artist. Singer. Yeah. Okay. Um, do I have a couple of little, little pop songs on my phone right next to the old Katy Perry's Kate Nash? You betcha. Katie, Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. All right. <laughs> well, at least something good came out of it. That's exciting. Um, the only things I have left are the two assignments. Uh, I've got two things left in the assignments. Give it to me. Okay. So um, I rewatched something that I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, a, a few episodes of Batman Beyond. Um, which is an animated TV show from the uh, late 90s. It just mm-hmm. experienced its 20-year anniversary. Oof. Um, it is the continuation of the animated series um, that started in 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, they fast-forward about 40 years into the future. Uh, is this one of the ones that Mark Hamill does a voice on? Uh, he Yes, yes. He's the Joker In this uh, version, there is no Joker. The Joker's oh. long gone. Oh. Um, this is 40 years in the future. Batman's old and decrepit. And uh, the first episode's really, it's really good. The first episodes are very dark. I remember this as a kid um, going back and like thinking back. They did like a Sunday night premiere for this. Like this was, oh, shit. this was back when like, you know, networks cared about kids' eyes and parents' wallets. <laughs> like we got to cram them in there. We need to sell cereal to these motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, but on a Sunday night, they premiered it. And I was 11 and in sixth grade, I remember like going to school like the next day and and sixth grade is a time where like everyone's trying to like no one knows what they are not you don't feel like a kid it's a real yeah like you're a real in between yeah you feel it needs to like grow up a little bit because you're about to enter middle school you're in middle school but you're also still a kid you're still a child by all respects but i remember sitting at the lunch table like all the other boys and just like you know no one was talking about cartoons anymore because like that's kid stuff it's all about sports at this time but remember someone posed a question. I don't know if it was me or somebody else. Just like, did anybody else see Batman Beyond last night? And the table exploded into just like, oh my God, it was so cool. He had rockets in his boots and wings under his arms. Oh, his suit was like all black. It was so like, and just this cacophony of discussion of this thing where like. Jason, that is fucking adorable. <laughs> I can picture your little face with your little lunchbox getting so goddamn excited with your little boyfriends. Oh, you're all picking your nose and shit. I'm being dirty. <laughs> ah, it was it was it. great, and it was like this great connecting thing. And it was like, yeah, we are from a lot of this still kids, but it mm-hmm. just felt good to like. 
and it's the, the quality of the show is one where it's like this is not just for kids this is like well done animation the for like game all of ages. thrones of the sixth grade <laughs> talk of the town in 1998 <laughs> but they they took a formula that worked well and they turned it on its head it's like okay is bruce wayne still like you know a handsome old man like no he's a gray gargoyle <laughs> like, with a bad heart <laughs> he's angry and bitter so what is so what is the show? So the show is basically like this is an older Bruce Wayne teaching a young uh, oh, man how okay. to be Batman, essentially. Okay. Like, I can't do it. You seem to really want to do it. Like, I'll, I will guide you through this, but it's not going to be How easy. does he find this kid? Does he just stumble into the Batcave? No. Well, it's a situation where this kid's parents, his father was murdered by oh, boy. corporate interests of all things. Like this very big corporate conspiracy that his dad kind of stumbled into. Mm-hmm. Father gets killed kid rebels kind of goes out one night against his mom's wishes um and like goes out to party with his friends because he's like 17 and wants to hang out mm-hmm. gets into like some issues with the street gang uh a bike chase ensues winds up at the old stately wayne manor mm-hmm. um do you mean like bicycle chase like a motorcycle chase oh i really want it to be bicycles <laughs> just like a really slow <laughs> oh <my> chase God. <laughs> but with <laughs> The same amount of like anger that you would want. Like, they're, like, sli- they're drifting and sliding. Like, squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> like, like, no, bicycle. They're, they're like supercharged future oh, bikes. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so the exact opposite. That's disappointing. But the chase ends, like, you know, at Wayne Manor, and like Bruce Wayne's just out walking his dog, mm. and these kids are about to like ruin this one kid, mm. and he just kind of steps in and ruins all these children with like his cane and like. <laughs> And the kid's like, what the fuck? Like, mm. and then he like, the guy, like, Bruce Wayne starts like having like, you know, uh, some heart issues. Oh, Jesus. The kid takes him back, gives him his pills. And like, he's kind of wandering around like this huge mansion. Like, this is pretty goddamn cool. Who is this dude? And like, notices like a bat caught. In, How do like, they not know who he is? Oh, bat, that Bruce Wayne's Batman? How do they not like, like, I wonder whose mansion this is. Like, if it's in the middle <laughs> of the town, you know whose he's mansion is. A 17 year old kid and Bruce Wayne's been out of the public eye for like. 10 years at this point okay yeah i guess you wouldn't know like okay that's fair and like he sees a bat and like you know the uh the clock goes to investigate like this thing's stuck i'm gonna try to get it out as oh so what's as up with this guy's obsession with bats what a <laughs> fucking weirdo it looks like a bat just stuck like in the face of a clock or something oh like that's that. the creepiest thing ever so he's like jesus christ it's like a live squeaking like trying oh, to get no. out he's like well shit let me try to get this thing out Winds up opening up like the entrance of the Batcave, sees all the stuff. It's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, all right. Um, and Bruce Wayne's like, get the hell out of here, leave, bye. Clearly, they're really lax about security now. <laughs> Jesus, it's just him by himself. There's no Alfred. There's no Robin. There's no oh, anybody. No, He's Alfred's old dead. and alone. <gasps> like all no. of his friends are dead. <laughs> Oh, God. This is a real heavy show for kids. Yeah. Like, the guy goes back to school, like, the next day. And he's like, you can't get, like, I saw everything. Yeah. Um, And he's like, I don't trust what was up with my dad. Like, I don't trust this. Like, this feels like it was a So he set doesn't up. know how his dad died? Doesn't know how his dad died, but he knows that something was wrong. He okay. feels like it's, like, you know, this something company weird. that he works for. Gotcha. He goes back, steals the suit, um, and tries to right the wrongs mm. of, like, you know, that might happened to his dad. Discovers that, like, oh, shit, yes, it actually was all set up. And Bruce Wayne's in his ear the entire time, like, kid, give me back my goddamn suit. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, no, old man, I need this. Like, yeah, like the, the city needs this. Like, I'm bringing this man justice. 
Um, whole thing ends with like you know Batman being triumphant. In this one instance, he does mm. not catch his father's killer. Mm. He is able to bring he he catches his immediate killer, but the man that ordered him to the bigger the bigger follow the money. Yes, yes. But what happens is, uh, yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah, like, sounds it, good. It, it's Akira meets Blade Runner meets Batman, and it's just like a like, lot of these. What's Akira? Uh, Japanese anime like oh, okay. you know about the futuristic bikes and like and psychic powers and I all that still... cool stuff stand by my bicycles <laughs> i think that'd be great um but no it was it was really cool to watch it again and nice. get those feelings back how did you watch it again uh through the dc universe app oh okay um and also watch a show called uh naked director um what i have here for my note is japanese porn scarface is what it is um it is the rise of this director that like was making uh smut in the 80s in japan mm-hmm. and like how he went from like being the salesman is this a documentary not a documentary it's what like is- a bio docu biopic or whatever okay um a series where in which it's like okay like i am he's a salesman uh just is it wait so it's based on a true story okay yeah i am you really threw me off there. so sorry okay like the premise being in like the 1980s in japan like they had all these obscenity laws right where in which certain things can be seen or shown and whatnot mm-hmm. and he's just a salesman working at like you know a store selling english dictionaries mm-hmm. um one day he comes home to find his wife cheating on him um he has a friend that he looks like, up the right words to describe it <laughs> he has a friend that works in like you know selling these magazines and he's like i want in on this like i need something like now like i hate my job like i have no family like i need this and he porno mags porno mags and he becomes an ace at it like he's selling (laughs) tons of magazines a day like yeah all you have to do is be like hey check out these boobs (laughs) done i could also be an ace at this jordan jason like come on <laughs> and the two episodes I've seen, there's they jump forward a couple of years. Like one where he's like you know just starting out, two where he's become like kind of like a big wig and like almost like the kingpin of like porn mags in Japan. Wow, there's a title to brag about. And th- what I noted the most was like a, an amazing chasing that happens. The police come to arrest him, and there's an amazing foot chase that occurs where he is just tackling. There's no like. It is what what it looks like when grown men actually fight. It's yeah, messy yeah, yeah. and gross and clumsy and clumsy and does not look cool in any punches way. Punches don't hit properly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. people punch each other in the ears. <laughs> like, it's just like really well choreographed and looks realistic, and uh-huh. people are falling awkwardly and yeah. just it's like yeah, a guy could escape the police if they're not using guns on him. Like it's yeah, just true. It's possible, but it's just in a really well done chase scene. What were they going to arrest him for? Oh, for breaking obscenity laws. Like, he, he should not have been selling those magazines oh, at all. gotcha. Like, that's, like, it was super illegal, but, like, yeah. This was in the 90s? This was in the 80s. 80s. So, like, 82? Yeah. I'm reading a book right now about a guy who, uh, it's his book about um, being a crime journalist mm-hmm. in Japan in the 90s. Mm. And it has a lot to do with um, the Yakuza and also... It goes into the culture and like all the weird sex laws and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it was a very bizarre. Not to say that it's wrong, but just like very specific laws about relating to sex and what can and cannot be done. Mm-hmm. And 
things that are very counterintuitive to Western culture. Yeah. It's very interesting. And whenever there's regulation like that, it always creates like a black market of something. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. There's one place that uh, this guy goes to that it translates to dick nurse. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, you know, that's what there is. It's nurses for all kinds of things. The elbow nurses, you know, uh... Oh god! Knee nurses, and no. dick nurses. Okay, it's just great. <laughs> it made me very happy to read that. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Looking around the subway, like I hope no one's getting rid of this. This is weird. Nurses can be men or women. You know, it's a, it's a variable thing. Well, they, at the time, I don't know what their laws are now, but at the time, blowjobs were fine. You can do anything except for rad, regular, like, vaginal penetration sex. Interesting. So they would advertise blowies all over the place. <laughs> and it was fine. You just walk in and you're good to go as long as you're not having regular sex. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. Japan. The Japan. <laughs> Great place. Go travel. <laughs> well, that's all I got outside of the... Uh the assignment okay so i actually i ended up texting you a different assignment because mm-hmm. i couldn't access aside from itunes mm-hmm. um the thing that i'd given you um what would you like to talk about first i would like to talk about uh this side up is it this way up this way up excuse me what am i saying yeah. this side up. yes this way up so it's a new show that i started watching it's with ashling b who is an irish comedian who i adore um, I like her comedy. I like her more mm-hmm. just as a person. She does a lot of um, like British panel shows and stuff, and she's great. Um, and she's very like positive, and she is big on environmentalism. Um, not in like a preachy way, but like on her Instagram, she's like, "Hey, this is a great company that uh, like recycles clothes," or mm-hmm. you know. Um, and she's also a great comedian. Um, and so she wrote this show. And she stars in it with, I don't know if Sharon Horgan also wrote on the show, but it's her and Sharon Horgan as sisters, uh, Sharon Horgan from Catastrophe, um, Tob- Tobias Menzies, the best last name ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was someone else on there. Asif Bandri? Oh, yes. Thank you. Who's using a British accent, which is throwing me off. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he is British, no? I don't believe he is. Yeah, no, but I think so. Just two people very confused staring at each other. I don't other. think Asimov is British at all. Like He's yeah. on The Daily Show for years using oh. a regular-ass American accent. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It's I a think? rare situation where an American uh, plays a Brit. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, looking it up now. Yeah. Uh, oh, British-American. So maybe he like grew up there or something. That's why he can do the accent. Hmm. Um, now, sorry, I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah. He grew up in... He grew up in England and then moved when he was 16. Oh, okay. To the U.S. So okay. that's why he's able to... That makes sense. Um, so we were both right. Yes. <laughs> um, so Sharon Horgan and Ashley B play sisters and they're very close... Um, and I just want to point out that their mom was on Father Brown, their the main character. Thank you very much. She was in something I remember as a kid. I just can't remember what it was, 
Like her face is very familiar yeah. to me. Um, she was one of the main characters on Father Brown, so I was well, she's... thrilled to see her again. <laughs> um, and I kind of think of it as like flea bag light. I would agree with that. There were many things there that felt flea bag adjacent, mm-hmm. or it's just like the whole, of course, you know, two sisters, mm-hmm. but like, you know, being promiscuous and like, you know, kind of like, you know, just struggling with your own internal, what you want out of life. Yeah. Like, a lot of that plays into the show as well. Um, it was cool to see Ashton B um, and Sharon Horgan together in this. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, these two are funny ass ladies that could be sisters. Like, yeah. I see that a lot. Totally. Um, I liked, it was very subtle, at least to me, in like, the first few episodes. But, like, they kept bringing up, like, being Irish in England. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, they, yeah. they are indeed, like, immigrants. You and, don't like, think about it like that. Yeah. That's, it's a different kind of immigrant story. But yeah. it's just, like, yeah. And, like, them, just subtle things, like, oh, mom says, like, you know, we have a cousin here. Like, you know, and look out for them. Like, you know, yeah. they're in Irish in England. Like, you know, make sure, like, look out for them. It's like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's a different kind of immigrant story. Totally. Um, I greatly enjoyed, like, her going on the, her first blind date in, like, a long time. Um, <laughs> and, like, the most boring man possible. <laughs> He's so weird. <laughs> and... Just her kind of like just being dragged along and finally the end like steamrolling through. I'm like, shut up. I want to get out of here. Um, and then, yeah, I know Ashley B is like primarily from. Did you see the end of that episode? Um, I don't remember the end of the episode necessarily. She leaves the guy, leaves there and like takes the homeless man back home to her, mm-hmm. uh, to her sister's place, right? Mm-hmm. And then her sister's just very scared mm-hmm. at this man being in her apartment, but then everyone just kind of falls asleep, right? <laughs> You know how earlier in the in the episode they were talking about her cousin that uh-huh. you just mentioned? That was her cousin. It wasn't a that date. Is the cousin? It wasn't <laughs> That's just... why she looks horrified at the end of like, <gasps> <laughs> oh no! And that's how that episode ends. Oh okay. Yeah, I think I may have like just walked away <laughs> at that point. Um, no, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree very much that this is Fleabag light. It doesn't bite as hard. Not at all. And that's not its point. It's not trying yeah. to. And I think they're in different places in their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because, um, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Phoebe Wallerbridge is just tall, and I always think of tall people as being older. But I think she is older than Ashley B in real life. So I think mm. those characters are in different places. Mm. Um, whereas I can see Fleabag having a bit more of a kind of crisis than Ashley B's character, mm-hmm. though she is. Um, struggling with depression and um she had a breakdown yeah and kind of attempted suicide um but she is still i related to it maybe a little too hard of someone who in like maybe privately is like oh depression and it's kind of getting the best of me sometimes but then she can still function and she goes to work and she has friends and Mm -hmm. um and is really, I mean, this is patting myself on the back, but she's really funny, and I liked seeing her interactions when she's teaching. They're really great. Yeah, like her with the kid yeah. that she is as like assigned to as a tutor. Yeah. It was really nice to see. And with the people in her... Adult she, English class. Yeah, when she's showing them uh, keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> <laughs> to teach them and stuff. She's mm-hmm. really fun, and she is someone who I'd like to be friends with. Mm-hmm. She's really nice. And she's pretty much always nice to people. Um, yeah, it's just a lovely little show. And it's just six episodes, like 25 minutes each. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'm, I'm almost done then. I'm like an episode four. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like, um, yeah, I just know Ashley B from, like, podcasts mm-hmm. and, like, you know, um, it's cool to, like, actually see the show. I remember her, like, promoting it, like, on a podcast. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, cool, like, it's, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, it's a fun watch. Um, and like you said, it's very compact and people should check it out. Totally. Yeah. Nice. My assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Blade. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Blade. So it starts out with all the... Uh, I recognize the guy being brought into this nightclub. I can't put my finger on who he is. Mm-hmm. But um, so then he's brought into the Know nightclub. that the music's bumping in my head right now. I can that tell. Scene. You can see. Yeah. You're having a great time. <laughs> so... They go into the nightclub, all the water sprinklers come on, and it's blood yes. raining from the ceiling, uh-huh. but that's their food. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to just, like, I don't want to cover myself in burgers. If you could cover yourself it's in a, chocolate sauce. It's a waste. <laughs> like, you're wasting food, and it's clearly a little bit scarce. Mm-hmm. Wasteful. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Although I did see someone in the background had a water bottle mm-hmm. that they were holding out to it. And I was like, there you go. Get Smart. it where you can. Plan it. It's like bringing Tupperwares if I know a <laughs> oh, freaking burgers are raining from mm-hmm. the sky. Prepared. I like it. Um, I like that Wesley Snipes um, drove. I like to think that he went through the proper channels logistically and received a actual driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just driving around town. Um, he's very handsome. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a Wesley Snipes movie. Wesley Snipes. Or if I did, I was probably icon. like super young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, 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 Wesley. <laughs> he's a handsome tax evader. <laughs> probably the most handsome one. Um... Stephen Dorff is 90s, dirty, sticky Chris Pine. Yeah, he is. He's, he's gross and druggy. Yeah. Um, so the story is that his... I should probably just have you summarize it. You summarize it. Okay. You're so better than me. Blade. And you clearly want to. <laughs> so the story, the summary of that being... Um, Blade is a half vampire, half human, mm-hmm. uh, a daywalker. His mom was bitten uh, while she was pregnant with him, um, therefore making him a vampire, but not a full vampire. He can survive in the sun. He has all of their strengths, none of their weaknesses, save for the hunger for uh, blood. Um, the whole premise of the film being that Steven Dorff is kind of like the vampire king of Detroit. Um, and they never say what city that they're in, but they're in Detroit. Oh, okay. Um, he's a vampire king of Detroit, and basically he's like, you know what? I'm tired of all the classism that's happening here. People that were born vampires, people that turn vampires. Like, it doesn't matter. The old ways are dead. I'm going to become a vampire god. And when I do become god, I this is it. The war is over. We're no longer hiding in the shadows, like, you know, picking at our food. Like, this is the change. We are now going to be the rulers of everything, and humans will be our cattle. And Blade's like, nah, bro not having that um and they come to bash heads and yeah blade's not uh, having vampire gods take over his city or the world the guy who plays his alfred oh uh chris christopherson playing uh whistler yeah he was great Mm -hmm. i was really sad about him getting killed you knew he was going to but i was really sad about it Mm -hmm. nonetheless he's salty and angry yeah (laughs) just limping around all Mm -hmm. angry it's great 
Um, I didn't realize. I don't know if you know how to pronounce her name in Nabuche, right? Nabuche. Mm-hmm. I a she was game immediately. Yes, she was down. She like, <laughs> she gets bitten, but they're able to like get her blade saves her, and they're able to get her like medication and stuff. The vaccine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a smart doctor lady. And so she's never a damsel in distress. No, she goes back to her apartment. So a guy tries to kill her. She's pissed. And when Blade tries to walk out, she's like, um, excuse me. No, I'm coming with you. I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> and I want um, answers. And yeah, here we go. And so she just tags along the whole time. Um, I did not realize when I looked up everyone's names, that her character name was just Karen. Just Karen. I was like, how dare you? Dr. Karen. Give her just Karen. <laughs> she's been through everything. She deserves a better name. Like, she's a not doctor. Not there's anything wrong with Karen. But like, wrong with Karen. she's a badass doctor. And you just, Karen? Yeah, she's bringing a lot to the table. Like, she is, like, you know, providing a cure for, she's like, so Blade's smart. hunger. Like, yeah. she's providing a lot to this organization. He would not have gone as one. far as he did without her. Absolutely. They wouldn't, he would not have gotten to the end of that movie without her. No. Yeah. Karen. She's pivotal to the whole thing happening. Quiet hero. Um, my favorite character in the movie is Donna Logue as Stephen oh Dorff's number two. Who just keeps getting destroyed and brought he back to life? Is gross and nasty. He's got braids he's got that terrible I terrible red cornrows. <laughs> like. And he's just—he's the friend in the group who's always there, but no one really particularly likes, and nobody invites. Yeah, he just why is this pops dude up still here? <laughs> and he doesn't shut up, and he's loud and annoying, mm-hmm. and like too eager to like please and impress. And you're just like, come on, man, shut up, dude. Who invited him? Like, Steven Dorff is fantastic in this movie, like, as, like, a villain that, like, understands, like, where he stands in this mm-hmm. world and understands that, like, he's frustrated and he's funny in, at points throughout it. Like, in so far as, like, how he shits on Donald Logue sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and in his, uh, and how he talks to Blade. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, he, like, that character can easily play, like, you know, like a... A holier than thou, upper crusty kind of like almost foppish character, mm-hmm. but he's like plays it kind of like down to earth and just like I don't know. I just like his performance. He's the coolest kid in school. Yes, yes, that is a good way to put it. Um, sometimes he was a little too convincing with the crazy eyes mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I, I think he might think he's a vampire. <laughs> like, oh, did anyone tell him? Is this why his career didn't last as long? Because bit many people on set. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, when they're in that big temple, Pit temple, he, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and there's just blood raining down on him, and he's like wiping it off and like loving his life. <laughs> he looked so sincerely happy. <laughs> And, like, he really believed that he had all this power that I was very, like, Stephen, this isn't real. (laughs) I was, I just was flabbergasted. Like, either this is the greatest acting movie has ever seen, or this man is deranged in real life. Someone needs to talk to him. Where is he? What's he been doing? No. Exactly. He's been selling e-cigarettes. He's still in that pit. <laughs> trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> oh my god. Um so greatest acting on earth and uh yeah. 
<laughs> I, I don't i don't i i'm interested i'm not gonna lie i was thinking about it today i was like do i want to see blade 2 <laughs> you could um it's not bad it's pretty good directed by Guillermo del toro um, oh no shit yeah that's cool um it's a different kind of movie but there are a lot of cool things in it i like blade one personally more at this age of my life <laughs> but uh <laughs> As I've grown older, I've come to respect certain aspects of the film. Um, but Blade 2 offers some very interesting things mm. um, about racism, uh, oh, okay. about classism. Mm-hmm. Um, like they kind of throw Blade in a, in a position where it's like, well, you don't fit in anywhere, do you? Aww. Like you're black, you're a half vampire. Yeah. Like, you're not human enough for the humans. You're not vampire enough for the vamps. Yeah. This is what Steven Dorr says, all right, uh, in the documentary that they were filming on him. Um, no. If it, oh. It, <laughs> I was like, wait. What? So, is this why Steven's so confused? He thought it was a documentary? <laughs> oh, God. Steven! So we don't run that pit. He can't I survive on blood. save him. <laughs> but um, Blade 2 has Ron Perlman in it. Um, cool. Being a real jerk. That's um donnie cool. yen um being super cool Who? um donnie yen and uh, from rogue one the blind monk oh yeah yeah oh donnie yen is that what you're saying uh, donnie yen donnie yen yes. gotcha i thought you just said it as one word <laughs> donnie yen and i was like this sounds like a sultry r&b star <laughs> i'm in donnie yen <laughs> cool but okay cool um oh uh, a young greasy norman reedus I love it. I hope he also does not have sleeves like me at the moment. Why would you cover those beautiful buys and tries? He might have too many sleeves in this movie. Oh, no. No Um, wonder he's so, what I'm assuming, angry. (laughs) I would be too. Don't cover up those beautiful guns. Blade 2 is worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Okay. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I'm glad. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Um, Generally, yeah. It definitely had the feel of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was fine. Okay. Good. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. There was a lot going on. It gave me, um, kind of like vampire version of Terminator vibes. Okay. Interesting. Kind of, of just like the darker palette Mm -hmm. generally, um, going through a dirty city, Going into clubs. <laughs> Different forms of violence in the clubs. The uh, hand motions with each of these. Are, are, so close. We're great. <laughs> Just fiercely pumping your arms in the air and your muscle shirts. <laughs> that's, that's how clubs are. Step one, buy a muscle shirt or make one. <laughs> Step two, pump your arms. <laughs> to no beat whatsoever step three the blood's gonna come any minute dude all right get your water bottle ready bruh here it comes um yeah no i gen i generally kind of enjoyed it okay all right oh i just realized that the last scene in the pit kind of reminds me of the dark crystal at the end mm-hmm. where they're all yeah sorry no 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 that um, feels about right yeah, it was uh, it was what it was. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Okay. So I wasn't disappointed. I was generally entertained the whole time. Okay. Now I'm just worried about Steven. 
<laughs> is he still in the pit? Is he surviving on blood? Ooh. He might be. He might be. But the real Steven got to worry about, as we all know, Spielberg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is he okay that he's no longer owning the streets? <laughs> hey, kings can't be kings forever. All right. Oh. But it doesn't mean he can't be king again. The once and future king, Steven Spielberg. I mean, what's the most recent thing he's done lately? Uh, recent. Uh, that was a redundant question, but. What is it? Um, Ready Jurassic? Player One? Was it one of the Jurassic? No. No, Ready Player One was the last thing he directed. Oh, boy. Which I didn't enjoy. Oh, you know? Stevie. Um, but prior to that, hey, he's got Lincoln in the back pocket, all right? True. Munich. Maybe, maybe the Stevens can help each other. You get Dorf out of that pit. Stevie Spiels <laughs> drags him out of that pit. <laughs> Pumps them up with some vape, some yeah. cigarettes. Here we go. Come back for both of them. You're welcome. Welcome, Oscars 2021. <laughs> this is happening very Here soon. Here we go. 2020 is going to be a big year. You heard it now. Steven and Steven. Whew. Even Stevens. <laughs> Two. It's a very different show. Oh, God. Um, oh, fuck me. Of course I didn't think of a, something to assign to you. <laughs> Shit, Jason. Do you have an assignment for me? Yeah, I just wanted you to check out the first episode of Undone. Oh, um, okay. I think you'd really like it. Um, whether or not you watch more, entirely up to you, but just the first episode of Undone is what I would have you watch. Um. Readily available on Amazon Prime. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm gonna, I guess I'll watch it. I don't really know. I don't necessarily want to, but that show Euphoria, I feel like people hmm. in general, I've heard good things. I've heard people like it. But I don't, I'm not, I love Zendaya. Yeah. She's so cute. She's great in the Spidey movies. She's done nothing wrong to me in my book. Agreed. Um... So maybe check that out. Okay. And report back to me whether or not I should watch it. <laughs> Test the water. <laughs> kind of. Very Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. All right. So we have our assignments. Oh, there's one last thing I had to tell you. Because I have been watching Bone. <laughs> I have been watching. Oh, this is not an assignment. Oh. Um, I have been watching Bones, of course, in the background. Um, and at one point, they go back to Bones' high school. Okay. And she and Booth have a dance. Do you know what they dance to, Jason? It's one of your favorite songs. My favorite songs from the 90s? Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. Kiss from a Rose. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite songs, legitimately. <laughs> I was like, listen, I don't know what else is going to make people watch this show, but maybe I can get Jason with this song. Just know that in our respective sadnesses, for different reasons, we both fell into Deschanel pits. <laughs> listen, they're comforting. Those deep blue eyes <laughs> drew us in and held us close. For real. <laughs> I might do, if I can convince Zen, I might do like a mini episode of Bone Zone. <laughs> Because I have much to discuss. <laughs> much. A lot has happened. A lot happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. 
And this is your first run of Bones, yes? I had seen random episodes Mm -hmm. in the past, but I've never like sat through and watched all of them. (laughs) But I really want to make Zen do that (laughs) and just discuss each episode. (laughs) So we'll see, because I have thoughts. Okay. (gasps) Should I just have you watch Bones? (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, Jason. Euphoria seems to be off the table. <laughs> You're watching Bones. Is there a particular episode or episode I mean, one? Or... Let me think about it. Okay. Because I feel like you uh, you don't really need to know anything. <laughs> I know enough. Yeah, you know the general idea of it. I'll okay. think about which episodes for you to watch. Okay. Or episode. I can't believe I didn't think of it sooner. It's like, I'm going to the bone zone this episode. Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> okay. All cool. right. So you've got your episode. You've got your assignment, mm-hmm. which is uh, to go ahead and watch the uh, the first episode of Undone. Mm-hmm. I've got an episode of Bones coming my way. All right. Yeah, you do. I want to double up on the nation now. Um, and yeah, we will have our assignments. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Um, find us on the things, you know, uh, like Instagram. It's pretty much where we are mainly. Uh, and thank you for listening and continue to download, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to another episode. Bye. Adios.